Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm Laser J, and I'm joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host. It's Kai. How's it going, everybody? Yep, we're back, and uh, start. we're starting off the spooky month, the October, the Halloween month, uh, with a look at Jujutsu Kaisen Season 1 and Demon Slayer Mugen Train, which was featured on our Lost episode that we never got to put out. And so we're also going to use it as a chance to recap our thoughts on the first season of that as well. Yeah, apparently uh, the second season of Demon Slayer is supposed to be coming out relatively soon. Yes. Um, and the, the second season is actually going to include the, the Mugen train as part of it so that people who missed out on the movie won't miss out on the important stuff that happens in Mugen train. Okay. Yeah. I... It wasn't. It, the thing is, is that like I get it. Like you're gonna re-air it on television, I so do. that people that don't have, so people don't have to buy the Blu-ray or ha- have to yeah. go to theaters to miss out, so they don't miss out on an important part of the story. That's true. And it's only like probably gonna be like what four, ep- four or five episodes. Probably, yeah, Cause, probably. Because the Mugen Train movie is two hours, so it's like yeah. It did feel like there were natural points in there where they could cut. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It felt like they made it into a movie, but they planned ahead so that they could probably cut it to be for television. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly surprised they even did it as a movie. Um, Because, I mean, I'm not saying it was uh, bad looking. It was just sort of like, I felt like this... This didn't feel like it had a movie budget. It felt like it had the budget of the show, which, to be fair. Really? Uh, I, I thought it did, save for the CG on the uh, flush train. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe because I've seen Heaven's Feel, and I've seen UFO Dable do movies. and uh, mm. Yeah, it, I've seen the quality of their animation when they get a movie budget, and it's not that. Okay, I see. Uh, but... All right, well, th- well, we'll get into that more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, we got uh, we got our weeks, and we've also got a spoiler cast for Kid Cosmic Season 2. And yeah. then we've got Upkeep. Woo, uh, Upkeep is back. Yeah, we, we got uh, The Ghost of Molly McGee, the first two episodes of that, and then Season 3 premiere of Amphibia. So Which we stay recently... tuned for that. Oh, sorry, but which we recently found out apparently is the final season. Yep. Of uh, of Amphibia. Which I'm sad about, but hey, you know. I, I'm, I. It's not being canceled. Yeah. It is just this is the final season. Yeah. It it does kind of feel like you could wrap it up in this season. Oh, for sure. But we'll get into uh, that later. Yeah. Uh, so, Kai, yeah, mm-hmm. what, 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 what you got? Anything at all? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that I really want to mention. I mean, I watched Star Wars Visions. I, I got thoughts on that. That's part of my week. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know what. Mm, I'm trying to think which one was my favorite out of the ones that they did. Um, I think the one with Lop and the Duel mm. are my two favorite animations. Okay. In in the uh, visions. Okay. 
But uh, yeah, Visions was good. I, I honestly hope they do another like miniseries. Same. I I because I like when they just like let people do whatever they want with Star Wars. I'd like to see a similar thing from a, a similar thing for you know like Western animators as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I I'd, I'd be interested in seeing you know uh, like with with Toby Jones or Ian Jones Quarterly or or uh, or Dana Terrace or uh, Alex Hirsch. Alex Hirsch or or um, Gendy, Gendy. Uh, well, we've seen Gendy. Yeah, we've already seen Gendy Star Wars, but I want to see more Gendy Star Wars. Yeah, I'd like to see. God damn it, Rad Rappy. Um, on Twitter, the, the oh, guy Matt, who makes Amphibia, Matt Braley. Matt Braley. What? I kept wanting to say Adam Neely, which is a a music YouTuber who like does like music theory stuff. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I like that guy. I, I watch him. I, I watch some of his stuff. Um, yeah. Every once in a while. Um, yeah. But I, I, I'd like to see, because. Hmm. Anything else? Because I, I got thoughts on visions. Um. The only other thing is I, I started watching it, but I'm not finished with it. The new season of the Netflix Baki started. Okay. Uh, Son of Ogre. Mm. Uh, which includes uh, one of the things that I've been looking forward to to get animated, which is Baki having a um, mental battle with a giant praying mantis. <laughs> I've seen the, I've seen the, the 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 frame, not the frame, um, the panels, the panels of that. Yeah, it's literally just like um, the whole deal is is that Baki's like. What if I like tried to learn the techniques of animals? So he like does the mental projection training where he makes a mental projection of a giant praying mantis to learn how to fight like a praying mantis. Oh my god. And it also includes the prison break arc where he fights Biscuit Oliver. Mm. And I don't know if it includes Pickle. I don't remember when Pickle happened. For those who don't know, Pickle is the name of the caveman who is oh, okay. who is unfrozen, and his name is Pickle because he was found frozen in like brine. Of course. And then, yeah, he there's a whole arc about fighting a, a caveman. And then, then, then the next arc after that is the uh, the weird voodoo dark magic where they clone Musashi. Oh boy. And they they clone okay they clone Musashi and they use dark magic to put his soul inside of the clone body. Yeah, of course. So it's yeah. <laughs> Bucky's stupid as ba- fuck. Bucky is stupid as fuck. I just wish it wasn't like so offensive to my eyes. The art style. Yeah. Uh, we we are gonna cover it. Eventually, I think that that and Ken Ganashra are a good pair. You brought that up once before. Yeah, Baki and Ken Gan are a perfect pairing. Uh, I, I think I'd like to do that next season. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I would love to cover a, a fight, a dumb fight thing. Yeah. Um, Ken Gan is dumb, but just in different ways. Yeah, I, I, I re- 
I've read. I haven't read Baki because I just I I've seen enough of the art to know it. Oh, I hate looking at it. Uh, but I've read a good deal of Kengan. Yeah, Kengan has some cool stuff in it. It is brainless and dumb, but it is fun. Yeah, it, it's of that genre where it just needs to be brainless and dumb and fun. Yeah, like the in the current arc, which is the the new series Kengan Omega. Mm-hmm. Just as an example, there was a guy named Julius whose whole deal was that he was like, uh, there was no technique. I will just beat you with pure strength and my physical body. And he has a technique where he like perfectly controls the fibers in his arm muscles to turn his arms into drills. Oh, boy. And it's called Godbreaker Drill. Of course. Yeah, that's Kengon Ashura, baby. Yep. Okay. But yeah, not much else. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'll start off with Visions, since I, I, I've already started on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think my favorite is either hmm I really like the elder and the ninth jedi mm. um I-, I do have to say real quick um mm-hmm. those are the ones I like as a Star Wars fan ah okay as an animation fan, uh, it it's the twins and Lop and Ocho. Yeah, I, I'm speaking purely from when I said Lop and Ocho, and then the duel. I was purely speaking from like a animation because the the duel is so fucking cool looking. Yeah, I, it doesn't quite buy me. It just looks a little too much uh, PS One cinematic mm. to me. It's just, it feels like it's just a little bit too close to, like, reboot sometimes. The quality of the models. Hmm. Um, and, but, like, all the, like, the the pacing and the, the style choices, I, I really like in that one. Fucking lightsaber umbrella. It's pretty damn cool, yeah. Lightsaber umbrella is so... That's... That's up there with yeah. dumb lightsabers. Like, it's probably the dumbest one. Yeah. Um, Not to be outdone by... uh, What was the fucking... The weird four-bladed helicopter thing from fucking uh, Rebels? Oh, no, it was, like, the ones that spin. The two-bladed yeah, ones that spin. Yeah, that, that's the Inquisitor's lightsabers. Two blades, but it spins, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, I'm going to use it like a helicopter thing to fly. The lightsaber has no mass. Yeah. Oh, well, he's, they're using the force to fly. Well, then why do they need to, to, to do the... Intimidation tactics. It's, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. Yeah. But, you know. Because it looks cool. It does. It, it just looks cool. Like the dark saber. The dark saber just looks cool. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I also really liked uh, Tatooine Rhapsody. Yeah, Tatooine Rhapsody was really fun. 
Um, that. Mm-hmm. I I have this like real divide on this, right? Because they're all real nice to look at, and I really like from just the animation perspective, they're all beautiful. Yeah, like even the duel, which I have some minor qualms about, I still loved watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as a Star Wars fan, th- there's some that didn't qu- like. Okay, I know the the thesis of Star Wars Visions was to uh, be different. You know, yeah, be different. Bring in uh, a Japanese point of view on the Star Wars universe or a, a Japanese animator's take on Star Wars. Yeah. And so th- there's a lot of playing with uh, the world setting mm-hmm. that I don't really like. Mm. Um, because while it's cool to look at it, I come to Star Wars. I want Star Wars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's just like a little voice in the back of my head. It it it's not a major gripe. It it's just yeah. Uh, but there was a part of me sitting there watching the twins and just like this this isn't Star Wars. This doesn't feel like Star Wars to me. Yeah, because it's not trying to be. Yeah, and at that point, if same with Toby or T T zero B one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at that point, why? I guess I understand why they would take the project because funding. Mm-hmm. They could get money. Yeah. For it, um, but like, it kind of feels like. If you were to be like given a homework assignment and then you were like it's a homework assignment where you're supposed to write about what you did over the summer. But you instead write about what you plan to do next summer. I mean. The thesis was literally just tell a Star Wars story that we haven't seen told in Star Wars, the universe, right? Yeah. Which that. Yeah. 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 And the you know what's really funny is the the one that's closest in tone to actual Star Wars is funnily enough the duel. Because I would argue it's that just, it's actually the Elder or Akakiri. Well yeah, that's closest. Yeah. Um I just say the duel mainly because like um it is a known quantity that George Lucas was trying to like emulate oh, yeah, Kurosawa. Yeah, Seven Samurai. It, the original Star Wars is just Seven Samurai. Yeah, it's uh, you know, space yeah. space westerns, you know. Yeah, space western, space samurai, whatever. But it, I I still think the Elder and Akakiri are closer to that Star Wars feel. Oh yeah, they are. maybe not original trilogy mm-hmm. Star Wars feel, but definitely Star Wars feel to me. I was like La Pinocho as well. Feel like a Star Wars story. It really did. Uh, with with it it's interesting because i've never really read anything 
or watched anything as far as that deals with like first contact for like a pre-spacefaring. Yeah, right. Uh, with the exception of like the Ewoks. Right, yeah, the Ewoks, and, like, I think there might have been a Clone Wars episode about that, but, like, other than that, not much. Yeah, probably. It's, so, it's more Star Trek's, like, purview to do stuff like that. Yeah, so it, it's interesting where, like, this civilization, like, they were, they're, at the time of the, the thing, it's post-First Contact, obviously, because the Empire's there, but, um... Yeah, yeah. Uh... The, the 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 Jedi came there and helped you know you know the 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 story of the origin of the clan yeah yeah um I, I thought that was really interesting yeah very cool uh, the ninth Jedi also had real big uh like proper Star Wars feel to me mm-hmm. I'm honestly shocked that no one did a bounty hunter story I feel like they were everyone just wanted to do jedi yeah i would have liked a cowboy bebop style story about a star wars bounty hunter yeah that that's <laughs> watch the mandalorian yeah i know watch the mandalorian <laughs> i know we can watch more mandalorian after this um no i i got shit i gotta do after we're done but... yeah yeah fair we can watch more yeah. mandalorian some other time yeah um i know that that's what the mandalorian is yeah, I've been told it's basically Samurai Jack slash Cowboy Bebop, but Star Wars. Yeah, um, I guess it 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 feels more like uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Yeah, yeah, but through the purview of the Magnificent Seven. Yeah, or um, what's his name? Or the Lone Stranger type scenario. Yeah. Um. A man with no name. Man with no yeah. Yeah, man with no name. There we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that that's visions. Yeah, uh, visions good. That, that was, yeah, that that it, it was fun. I hope they make more. Yeah, me too. Um, I really like okay. T zero B. I just T zero B one really like. I did not like it, but it was also real pretty to look at. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Okay. Uh, I watched, well, so I read Blue Period. Oh, yeah. I heard that the anime of that is coming out. It literally, the first episode came out the day after I caught up. I didn't know that at the time. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what it's about. It's, um, the short version is... Imagine Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. Okay, I'm 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 listening. Um, well, don't get too excited because that that's being real generous with Imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but by that I mean it's a uh, like a coming of age finding yourself through an art form. But instead of music, story, it's, it's painting. Painting, yes. Um, I'm here for that. Yeah, it's real good. I liked it. Um, maybe we should cover I, it with. Mongolian Chop Squad. That would be good. Yeah, that that I'm well. Yeah, uh, because I I actually that's actually really apt. Uh, because not only because it's uh, coming of age, finding yourself through art, 
story, but it's also it. I also feel like it's only going to get one season. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, to be fair, I really feel like it. No, go sorry, on. go on. No, no, go. I was gonna. I was just saying because I watched the first episode and I I was literally fresh from reading the manga. Right, I caught up up to date, mm-hmm. and that episode first episode fits like 10 chapters wow it it speeds up the story so fast like that it, it it truncates a lot of things the manga does this really nice thing where it actually takes the time to explain these uh, art theory concepts cool and what it's doing mm-hmm. um not like in hyper specific detail but in like uh i understand the concept now mm-hmm and there, there was a couple early on ones that they covered the sequence of events and they kind of uh, took out the specifics from it. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, they're doing that for time. Like, I understand. You, you adapt something, you have to cut things for time. You've got animation budgets and you've, you've got voice actor budgets and you have to improve the pacing somewhat. Yeah, uh, yeah. To me... To me, part of the part of what I really like about Blue Period is that it has a really slow pacing to it. Mm-hmm. It it has an, a ponderous pace to it almost um, that I really liked about it, and the anime kind of takes that away. It's only one episode in, so I can't really say this with a lot of. I'm judging it all on the first episode, so. Everything is with an asterisk. Yeah. Um, but that's what it feels like. It feels like they know they might not get a second season, so they want to just get through to the good breaking point, which would be him getting into art school, uh, into art college. Got to expedite to a certain point. Yeah, because there's a lot to uh, um, fit in yeah, in that period. Uh, Phantom Blood did that Uh the Phantom Blood anime, uh, JoJo, where it's like mm. episode one covers like what's the the childhood of Jonathan and Dio and them growing up. There's a lot of that manga, uh, Phantom Blood, that's that, but that they just it, kind of like do a montage of in episode one. It's like seven or eight chapters, right? Uh, more like 12. 12? Okay. Um, I read Phantom Blood, but it was a couple years ago. So yeah, I, I don't want to give an exact number, but like something like twelve. Yeah, there's like a decent amount of stuff that yeah. they, which honestly I think worked. It gives it a different vibe because the manga it built up a sense of like dread, uh, more so, and the the horror yeah. aspect is a little more focused on in that aspect. However, yeah. uh, it does. I think that um, David Pro did an excellent job of giving you everything you needed in that one episode. They had to fit parts one and two into a single season. Exactly. It makes sense. So they had yeah. to expedite part one. Yeah. And, and earlier I said they fit like 10 chapters into one episode. That That's a little hyperbolic. I, I don't, it feels like they did that, but it's definitely more than like one or two chapters into a single episode appropriate calling hyperbolic in that case yeah get it because 
hyperbolic time chamber. Anyway, Dragon Ball joke. Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm not going to follow this because, again, we're... I mean, you know how I am following anime as it comes out. I fall off it at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've just given up on doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to wait till the season finishes. And I'll probably wait for the dub, honestly. The, the, uh, the, the Japanese dub sounds great. Um, but again, I'm probably just going to wait for the English dub. If it gets dubbed. If it doesn't get dubbed, I'll watch the sub. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Not every anime uh, is guaranteed to get dubbed. I feel like it's popular enough that it will, probably. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so, that's that. Uh, the next thing is I watched uh, an anime called Kokoro Connect. Hmm. It's, um... I'm just going to read the, the synapse. Synapse, no. Um, synapse. Synopsis. Synopsis. Uh, Kokoro Connect revolves around the daily, not so normal lives of Taichi, Iori, Himeko, Yoshifumi, and Yui, and their encounters in the Cultural Research Club. Up until recently, they thought that they and their friends lived normal, happy lives, but now that the Heart Seed is pulling their lives apart and exposing their inner secrets through body switching, urges and age regression the love and teen pentagonal comedy follows the strange phenomena at the yamahoshi academy's culture club starting with the five male and female club members switching bodies with each other hmm. uh it's mostly about dealing with trauma ah gotcha and uh yeah, it's uh okay. I can't speak as to well whether it does it well or not, but mm. it did it in a compelling way. I'll say that. Yeah. Okay. It kept me watching mm. through to the end. Mm. Um. Definitely not for me. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I'd like to hear what, you know, people out there in the ether who are listening have to say about it. Uh, so, you know, write in. Uh, you can write to us at the email at acmepodcastsinc at gmail.com or the Twitter at inkpodcasts. We love your feedback. Yeah. And I just, you know, I'd like to hear what y'all thought. And if you have any recommendations for similar, because I really did enjoy this. Um, if you have, so if you've got anything similar. If you have recommendations in general. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's Kokoro Connect. I don't want to get into it too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, last thing I watched was, well, except for Kid Cosmic. Yeah. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe 2021. Oh, yeah, the, the, the Nick show. Yeah. Uh, no, Netflix. Oh, really? Is it on Netflix? I thought it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Nickelodeon, but it's Netflix. Oh. The, uh, the 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 kid brand uh, He-Man uh, relaunch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tonally, it reminds me of 
a mix of the um, Tales of Arcadia series that Guillermo del Toro was producing with Dreamcast for Netflix. DreamWorks. Like Troll Hunters and whatnot. You mean DreamWorks? What did I say? Dreamcast. Yeah, I meant DreamWorks. <laughs> I love Shrek for the Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, the DreamWorks. Uh, that that he's doing that he's been doing with DreamWorks, you know, like Troll Hunters and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it reminds me of a mix of that and the Shira reboot, uh, but without like touching on LGBT stuff. Oh, okay. Because there's like no romance in this at all. Yeah, it. I saw bits and pieces of this. It definitely came out like, yeah, this is just a kid-friendly relaunch of the of the of the brand. Yeah, it's fun. I watched the whole thing. I liked it. Uh, Ram Man is now a girl. Just a... Ram lady. Little... Yeah. And, uh, Adam didn't grow up in the castle. He grew up, uh, yeah, it, it's different. Uh, I, I feel like we could cover... Oh, visually, it reminds me of Stormhawks. Yeah, you mentioned that. Um, Stormhawks slash, um, that studio also did Dragon Booster was the other thing. Yeah. It... it Visually, it really reminds... I, I never saw Dragon Booster, but mm-hmm. it reminds me of Stormhawks. I like Stormhawks back in the day. Yeah, Stormhawks was all right. Um, I'd actually like to pair the two together, just because it visually reminds... I'd, I'd be interested in seeing if that comes out as a good pairing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we'll have to see. But that's a ways off. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not trying to break any mold. It's just trying to be fun. It's trying to be a better version of the old show. Yeah, and that's fine. That's yeah because that's exactly what He Man deserves. Yeah, that's what He Man deserves. Like the revelations is for the 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 old fans who want like quote unquote serious He Man, and this is for the rebrand for giving a new generation a cartoon yeah. for them to watch and sell toys and sell and sell <laughs> mainly. <laughs> mainly to sell toys i was literally i was in the walmart last week and i saw those those new toys in in the 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 ones for this show yeah the ones for this show okay uh they were right next to the revelations toys also oh okay the masterverse line yeah yeah they're they're like sold right next to each other i would make sense yeah i i walked by there because i was like ooh fucking imperial destroyer lego sets I yeah. was just looking at Legos, and then I was like, and I was just walking down that aisle. Then I happened upon them. That fucking um, that cringer slash battle cat for the from the Masterverse line, yeah, that, or from the Origins. Line? Uh the Masterverse line. He's expensive. Yeah, forty five dollars. Well, when a regular figure costs between twenty and twenty five, yeah, yeah, the fair. Ones. I mean, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It's just like Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, I, 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 it looked, it looked like a fun enough show. Yeah, it was. Uh, I'm looking forward to more because I, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, but that's that. Um, let's get into spoiler cast of Kid Cosmic. Uh, wanna? Do we have it on? On uh, on the the soundboard or, you don't have that set up at the moment. Oh, I don't have the no, I don't have it set up. Uh spoilers but, ahead. But 
this this show just comes with a general spoiler warning. Yeah, this whole show is general spoiler asterisk. Truly. Yeah, we we are not spo- we are not spoiler friendly here. No, nope. we. we... This we will give you all the juicy details. This would be a, unless we decide not to. Yeah, this would be a very short show if we if we were spoiler free. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um. So yeah, Kid Cosmic. Kid Cosmic. Uh, Season two is called Kid Cosmic and the uh, Galactic Heroes. Yeah, Galactic Heroes. Yeah, first season was Local Heroes. Yeah. And and that season really focused on him, on Kid Cosmic, on Kid. This one really focuses on Joe. Yeah, this is Joe's season, truly. Yeah. Which is a good and a bad thing. I feel. Oh. I feel like I really liked what they did with Joe. I liked her, her entire arc in this season. However, it was to the detriment of all the other characters. Yes. No one else really got any... Anything. I got to do like absolutely fuck all. I have a feeling going forward it's going to be a character gets a season. Yeah, uh, this next season is supposed to be the last one. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. Um. Oh, well. I, I have a feeling for the next season because this season we didn't really touch much. I don't remember if we ever really if they ever really got into it on the first season or not. Mm-hmm. But what uh uh grandpa g's oh yeah papa g yeah papa g's uh shrouded past is i'm sure we'll get a feeling i have a feeling that's going to be next season yeah because he's working with the government agency again and Mm -hmm. with the powerpuff girls yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) not subtle not subtle at all no but um yeah, uh God, what was what was his fucking name? Um our new villain. The Amasser, something the Amasser. Right. I don't remember. Hold on, I'm gonna I gotta know. It's gonna bug the shit out of me. Yeah. Uh Fantos the Amasser. Yeah. Uh Mr. Uh, Bobby uh Moy Moynihan? Moynihan. Moynihan. Yeah, he's a SNL guy. Ah, uh, Bobby Moynihan is Pass. yeah. He's a, oh, uh he's um Huey. Mhm. The green one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Huey, you know, the green one. Yeah. <laughs> I I had to make sure that he was in fact the green one. <laughs> oh god. Um but yeah, Fantastic Master is like um if Herodias is our like our ego, the the living planet slash Galactus. This guy is a fucking pastiche of Thanos to to a T. He's Thanos mixed with like Terrax. He's Thanos, but like instead of being like, I have a hard on for death. I'm a fanboy for like our Galactus equivalent. Yeah, which I love. He was very funny. Yes. It, it was nice to have, like, a, um... Because, I mean, uh, Local Heroes wasn't really about having a villain. It was more about the characters. Yeah. This, I, it was nice to have, like, a focal villain for this season. 
you did have the biker in black in season one. Yeah, you did, but he really wasn't like the the overarching villain of the. He didn't have personality. No. Phantos is definitely more of like our. Uh, he's the villain of this season, you know. Yeah. And I did love when Kid met him. I was like, "So what are you gonna do when you get all the stones? You're gonna like conquer the galaxy?" He's like, "What? No. That sounds like a lot of work." <laughs> just I'm just gonna live here with my mom. Well, yeah. He he just wants to collect them. He's a collector. Yeah, he just wants to collect things. He's he's um. Oh, what was? Oh, the... he is the collector. He's literally that, the that... collector. Yes, from he's the collector in Thanos. That yeah yeah yeah. The, the collector and Thanos. He's also kind of um, the Watcher. Um, I wouldn't give him that one. I, I still like my Terax because he's like a, a herald of Galactus in a way. Yeah, Terax slash Silver Surfer. Yeah. Um, we needed a villain because like Erodius is like not even a, a villain. He's just a force. It's just a moving planet. Yeah, it's literally just a moving planet. Um. But this really was just, it was just Joe's. It was Josie's. Yeah. This was about her and her character art and her character growth, which I liked a lot. Yeah. Flo got a little bit of character in it too, but yeah. mostly through Joe. Yeah, it was Joe learning friendship is the most powerful thing in the universe and also really good diner burgers. Yeah. Which, you know... Yeah. Can't go wrong with the diner burger. No, you can't go wrong. Like, you will... People talk about where you get the best hamburgers at whatever fucking chain. Yeah. yeah. The best burger you'll eat is on a roadside diner in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. One where the grill has been there since, like, the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. There was... uh 2018... Uh, my me and my mom went up to New York to uh, to see my dad's grave because we hadn't seen it since like 2011. Yeah. Um, because we don't we don't travel like ever. Mm-hmm. We're homebodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but we both felt guilty about not visiting, so we went up. And uh, while we were there, every dinner we went to the same diner. And I got the same burger every damn night because mm. it was just that good. And I have not had a burger as good as that burger since. Yeah, same. There was a, a, a diner back where in a small town I used to live in called the Red Room. It's the best burger yeah. I've ever had. Um, but um, the thing, this is true of just Kid Cosmic as a whole, not just this season. But my favorite thing about Kid Cosmic is like it really knows how to juggle its tone. Yeah. It, you, there's a it it could come off in most shows it could really come off as emotional whiplash bouncing from something really serious and dark to goofy hijinks. Yeah, I, I meant to bring that up when I was talking about a uh, He-Man and He-Man does that a lot. Like it, th- there's a tense moment, and then someone makes a joke, and it it's just like, come on. Yeah, it it can be really hard to balance that. Yeah, I think Kid Cosmic does it really well. It does. Um, it really does. It, it's a hard 
uh, line to toe, line to crawl, whatever, like whatever you want to pick your uh, uh, analogy, right? Yeah. Um, like for example, uh, that scene when they were in the the spaceship, the space station, and Phantos was making jokes about selfies while fucking Joe was having an existential crisis. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, oh hold on. Man. I'll send that one to you. And <laughs> sent. And then just like for like a half of like two seconds, you watch just like this planet being pulled apart, and then you hear Joe's fucking phone go off. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, it is. Um, or the the way it does dark humor that it just kind of like. In the first season, there was that bit where um, Grandpa G had to cut up that one guy with a chainsaw. Yes. Or, But the one in this season was definitely um, a fucking Crosh making her big epic speech and just Fanta just showing out of somewhere and just fucking murdering her. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that shit. She just got straight up murdered right in front of us. And we're, nobody, nobody even fucking talks about it. it. Just happened. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah. Uh, what else was I going to say? Um, if you haven't watched Kid Cosmic already, you should. It's all, you know. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. I honestly didn't like this season as much as the first one. I agree. I thought... I um agree, or, but I think that's mostly on the merit of, it suffers from that typical like sequel problem. Yeah. Where. The first season established a quality, and you expect the second season, to improve upon that quality, but it merely toes the line, and so you see it as worse. Yeah. The. I think it's equal in quality. If I'm trying to be completely objective, I just wished it got better more. So no, I was gonna say the same thing. Actually, was that um the thing that and again you're right. It's personal bias. Like objectively, the season is just as good, if not better. It's literally just I preferred the vibe of the, of season one. Yeah, like the the weird small town in the middle of the desert. I really liked the vibe that it had. It, it's escalating. Yeah, it's the escalation, and this is this is the problem with most superhero things. Is this is uh, my down on my personal taste? Is I like street level heroes way more than like yeah, save the entire galaxy or the world level. Spidey's at his best when he's you know stopping muggers. Yeah, or a uh, Ghost Rider, or fucking. Uh, the Ghost Rider's always fighting some devil now. Hell, Johnny Blaze is a the fucking king of hell right now. I mean, I'm talking about the new Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Robbie Reyes. Robbie Reyes, and then like uh, you got. I mean, he's an Avenger now, though. Fair. Uh, <laughs> like literally, like he Daredevil. I love Robbie Reyes. He's my favorite Ghost Rider, yeah. but he is on the Avengers right now. He doesn't have a solo book anymore. Yeah. Uh, Daredevil, you know, uh, Power Man. Yeah, Daredevil, 
most of the time when it gets to be something not street level, it's just dealing with the hand. Yeah. So at least there's that. Yeah, I I, I like street level or city level like threats. Yeah. It's like, like I don't mind yeah. when Spidey's dealing with, you know, like Electro or the Lizard or something, but as soon as we get to like Clone Saga, it's like, oh fuck me. Yeah, but the Clone Saga did give us Kane, which yeah, gave us Kane and Ben 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 Riley. Ben, ben Riley. Yeah. The Have you read the the Kane Scarlet Spider? Oh yeah, I own it. Oh, it's so good. I'm sad that really, that yeah. I'm sad that that series ended. It ended, and Kane's like he's effectively dead. Yeah, it sucks, man. He died in he. He didn't die in Spider-Verse, but he sacrificed himself to become, like, this, like... Mm-hmm. Essentially, he's essentially the Watcher, but just for Spider's things. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. And <sighs> I... While I'm happy for Flash Thompson to be a member of the Avengers... I mean, not Avengers, Guardians, like, the Guardians, it's like... Oh, that's long since... really i think flash is dead now oh my god i can't keep up with this shit man venom's back with eddie brock i'm pretty sure oh my god (laughs) i fucking hate comics man yeah i love comics i hate comics both are my true feelings yeah i haven't seen venom in a while they just did like a year or two ago they just did this big like venomized all right yeah thing where every there there was oh the, the king in black that's what it was uh there, there was like this big symbiote king that just completely covered earth of oh, the god of everyone was the god of the symbiotes something like that he was like a like a super symbiote basically yeah it might have been the uh, god of like, the symbiotes i forget what his name is. yeah the king in black yeah literally uh, that that's the name of it, and just encompasses the earth. Yeah, blocks out the sun, and yeah, yeah. We get venom. Everyone, all the heroes are getting turned into venom versions, and it's uh, yeah. Nothing will ever be as cool as when the Red Hulk became Ghost Rider and Venom at the same time. Uh, I would argue Cosmic Ghost Rider. Mm, can I? Because that's Frank. Mm. Uh, that that that's Frank Castle. Uh. Who becomes the Ghost Rider, and then he becomes a Herald to Galactus. Can I raise you the T Rex Venom from the uh, Spider Man Venom time travel miniseries? You can offer it, but I will not accept it. Damn. <laughs> that is fewer things. No, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, no, I'm just thinking of fucking Saurus. You can you can fucking modify you can modify genetics. You could cure cancer. I don't want to cure cancer. I want to turn people <laughs> into dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. <laughs> that's still one of my favorite things in comics. Yeah, ever. that's a good one. Oh man, that and uh, how squirrel girl squirrel girl seems to be able to beat everybody, but it's always off screen. She did Thanos on screen, I believe. Yeah. But I mean, that the joke is that, like, I beat Galactus once. Oh, yeah. You know, but it was off screen. <laughs> uh, 
She did. They they did a run like ten years ago where they actually did show all of these, uh-huh. but she didn't beat Galactus. She befriended Galactus. As you do. Um. Yeah. You know what was another great series was the um, fucking She Hulk uh, law procedural for superheroes. Oh yeah. Oh man. Anyway, go watch Kid Cosmic if you haven't. Kid Cosmic's a lot of fun. Uh, you got Netflix. Go watch it. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, All right. Oh. Let's get into upkeep. Uh, let, let's start with. Let's start with Molly, Molly McKee. So for those who don't know, for the last uh, half a year, I've something like that. Something like that. I've been really excited for this show because they showed off the a uh, couple of animatics and the theme song for it at like a, a Comic Con. I think it was San Diego Comic Con of last year, twenty uh, twenty. Yes, twenty twenty San Diego Comic Con. And ever since then, I've been really excited for it. And so, as the premiere has been approaching, I've just been vibrating uh, more powerfully. But, um, and I'm happy to say that uh, it was worth the wait. Yeah. It, it, it's damn good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this uh, is going to be part of the regular upkeep, but... I think it yeah, is. Yeah, I think it, yeah. This is a good show. Because it, it literally airs right before Amphibia. This is true. It does air before Amphibia. <laughs> In fact, I think that the block, that the, the promo was like, the Saturday mornings belong to the girls now. Because Anne and yeah. Uh, Molly. Yeah. It, it, it's Anne, Molly, and then it goes into uh, Miraculous. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, I keep forgetting Miraculous is on Disney. Disney Channel, yeah. Yeah. It, it shares a... Uh, it's the same time slot that uh, Owl House goes yeah, yeah. in, and then it'll and then it will be still be the all girls, uh, yeah. maybe uh, Molly McGee and Owl House airing together. Yeah. Oh man, I want that crossover. Yeah, like I mean, I know Molly McGee is, in a, is a comedy show, and there's not really action, but there's supernatural elements. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um, but anyway, uh they showed we got the premiere and we also got another well, I say another episode, but this is a eleven minute chunks type of um show. Um yeah. two eleven minute segments. Which I was surprised by. Uh considering they said there was gonna be a song in every episode. You know? I'm sorry, Gendy Kurt. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. Uh, Gendy's Gendy Tartakovsky's got a new show coming out on Cartoon Network. Oh, what? What is Unicorns Warriors Eternal? Unicorns. Yeah, I'm just gonna pop the link down in there. Oh yeah, I saw the poster for this. I didn't know this was a Gendy show. It, it yeah, it it's created by him. Oh man, now I'm even more excited. <laughs> Th- that's definitely gonna go into upkeep too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I wonder if uh, he's finished with Primal then, if he's working on this, or if he's working on both. 
Could be different teams. Yeah, it could be different teams. But um, yeah, I think this is actually based off of a comic. It looks like it looks like an indie comic to me. Yeah, I really want to. It's gonna be on HBO Max and Cartoon Network. In the Acme Night block. Hmm. Hmm. It's an anthology series. It's a oh, it's like oh, it's like a procedural monster of the week, paranormal investigator stuff. I can live with that. Damn, that's a good logo. Unicorn Warrior Colonel. The, no, no, for the Acme Knight block. Ooh, hold on, let me look at this. Oh my god, I love that. Hmm. Acme Knight, not to be confused with Acme Hour, is a weekly block. Air is a weekly block airs on Cartoon Network. It premiered on September nineteenth, twenty twenty one. With most of the block's programming and specials coming to HBO Max in 2022. It features programs animated and one live action alongside with new original movies and shows created for the block. You know, I'm feeling less and less bad about picking Acme Podcasting because they're a podcast name now. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things where it's like, I like it, but also. You know, branding. I mean, Acme, Acme, it's hard to not go, Acme, you think Acme, you think cartoons. Like, but that also means we're going to run into stuff like this. Yeah, but I mean, the association, you know. Yeah. I I think it works. But anyway, Molly McGee. Hmm. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh. I, I I saw the poster on IMDb because I had the the cast list up for it. Uh, yeah, um, Ghost of Ashley Birch. Hmm? Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch is Molly McKee. Yep. Uh, Dana Snyder is Scratch. Fucking love him. Uh, Carrie Walgreen is. They don't have the complete list up yet. Mm-hmm. But it's Carrie Walgreen as additional voices. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eden Regal as Cat. Michelle Dietz as Daryl, Jordan Klepper as Pete, and Sumali Montano as Grandma Nin. And that that that's all we've got. Uh, for also, cast, even though we can... Laura Jill Miller as Libby. Libby, yeah. Who I I love. I always love seeing her. Same. Uh, I she has one of those voices that I could just listen to forever. Yeah, for sure. Um. The one that I always think of is Juniper Lee when I think of her voice. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I can see it. I always go to Kari from yeah, uh, Kari, Digimon. Yeah, Kari and, and Juniper Lee. And Fink from OKKO. Oh, yeah, that's right. She was Fink. I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. God can... That's, like, that's the opposite energy of this character. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she has the range, darling. Yeah, but um, yeah, Go- uh, Ghost of Molly McGee created by Bill Motts and Rob Roth. Wait, I don't know if they've done anything else. Uh, let's find out. I'm on. Let's see. Uh, mm-hmm. well, Bill Motts has done work on Lego Star Wars: The Freemaker Adventures as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wrote for the Penguins of Madagascar. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Big Hero 6, the series. He did one episode. Uh, Lego Star Wars All-Stars. Breadwinners, Rufus, the Peng... I uh, said that one already. Eddie of the Realms Eternal. A lot, a lot of... Oh, he did some uh, Phineas and Ferb. Well, one ep- two episodes for Phineas and Ferb. Okay. Uh, Secret Saturdays, Emperor's New School. Yeah, this... He, he's a, he's an industry standard at this point, I think. He's say. in a bunch of stuff, but I think this is his first, like... It's, like, his project. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Bob Roth... Uh, a lot of the same. Yeah. Uh, Lego Star Wars, Freemakers, Penguins of Madagascar, Lego Star Wars, All Stars. Yeah. De- uh, Kim Possible. Yeah, this definitely feels like one of those ones where it's like we've worked kind of everywhere around, and this is our first shot yeah. to like do our own show. Yeah. But um, yeah the the show uh is definitely a comedy show, and the musical aspect, while the music is catchy, is secondary. Um, there is a song in every episode. Wait. Hmm? None of them have the creator. Uh, uh, created by... Uh, oh, no, sorry, sorry, never mind. They both have the created by. Sorry, never mind. I was looking at the wrong section. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the music, um, which I was, I was, um, I'm both happy and kind of bummed out that not all of it is, um, I want to use the right term here. Diegetic or non-diegetic. I can't remember which which is which. I'm going to Google it. Like, sung sung by the characters in the show. Because not all of it is. Some of it is just background music. Or montage music. Okay. Diegetic and non-diegetic sounds are what makes up the sound design for a Hollywood film. From the sound of a car honking on screen to the lore show lush orchestral melody playing over the closing credits okay sorry that shouldn't have bothered reading that uh it gave me the miriam webster dictionary entry okay okay well i'm not gonna read that okay uh oh wait okay hold on Diegetic means that something exists within the narrative of the world. Ah, so the so yes, I was surprised that not all the music was diet was diegetic. Yeah, uh, some of it is diegetic, but not all of it is. Yeah, uh, that was the thank you. That was what I was looking for. But um, yes. yeah. Some of it is like it clearly is. A couple of them are clearly sung by the character or the voice actor, but like not in universe. More like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. It, it feels like they're gonna do more. We'll we'll see what they do with the music element more as the show goes on. Yeah. Um, they did show um a few songs. One of them we haven't seen yet, which is uh, Molly singing about going to Libby's um, bot mitzvah. mitzvah. Yes. And and Scratch being like, man, I think I'm going to convert. This food's delicious. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Um, 
as for the show itself, like it is, it is funny. Uh, mainly because of the, honestly, the, the. Danny Snyder and Ashley Birch totally kill it. Oh yeah, their dynamic. They get. Go ahead. They've got chemistry. Exactly. They have chemistry, and it's like, which is good because the entire joke of the show is their dynamic. So if they don't have chemistry, the show does not work. Yeah, they come from similar backgrounds, like literally as performers. Really? Uh, yeah. Like when you look at like Ashley Birch's, uh, like Hey Ash, what you playing? YouTube stuff. All right, yeah. And then you look at uh. You know, like early Dana Snyder, you know, like Aquatine Hunger Force. There's a lot of similar energy and a lot of similar performance quality there, too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that they, they they fit well together in that respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, the last thing I saw Ashley Birch in was um, Outer Worlds. Uh, she was part of yeah. Parvati. Yeah. Uh, she's also, um, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, she was, um, Fucking uh, Cassie Cage in Mortal Kombat 10. Yeah. She does a lot. Uh, she, a lot of video game stuff, particularly. Yeah, a lot of video yeah. games. Um, She was Enid, too. In OKKO. OK yeah. But, um... What else was she in? She was also in, she was in The Loud House. She was Kate Bishop Hawkeye in Marvel's Avengers, the video game. We don't have to go. Uh, we don't have to go over no, yeah. I was gonna say like recent stuff. Oh, she's Rise. In Persona. Yeah. Alright then. She was in Valorant. Uh she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's in a lot of stuff. But um and Dana Schneider he already said he's the the man's voice is kind of like unmistakable. Awkward yeah. fucking Master Shake and the uh, the alchemist yeah the alchemist and uh what's and fucking uh gazpacho in chowder yeah like he, most of them have very different feelings yeah they do they have different energy yeah but but scratch and master shake are very much on the same wavelength i gotta say scratch is less of an asshole but that's not saying much no yeah he he's literally disney version of master shake yeah like yeah D- d- tone down dash a shake and you get scratch. Yeah. The, the comedic time, the comedic timing on a lot of the gags is perfection. Yeah. The, what I wasn't expecting was like, I mean, I guess it's not surprising considering the show is about ghosts. The, the, the weird dark humor that it occasionally has. Yeah. Like the, the sign, the letter, and the sign falling on that bird, and the bird's just fucking yeah. dying. Scratch! You can't eat those; they're poisonous. What? I'm already. You do know I'm already dead. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> or that. Oh, uh, I can't believe you had an inspirational, uh, speech instead of a bathroom. Oh yeah, this is this is superpower. I can do it anywhere. I did it in a funeral once. Ah. <laughs> uh, I hope it keeps up this energy because I really like it so far. Same. Um, the other thing about it is it's going to have a lot of um, 
guest stars. Uh, people who have already been slated to appear on it are like Kelsey Grammer, um, Don- Danny Trejo, Ooh. Jane Lynch, okay. um, Patton Oswald, uh, Natasha Rothwell, Grady Gerwig. There's like a whole like giant list of like people who are gonna make like uh, guest appearances on this show, either for songs or not. Mm. Uh, the theme song was written by Ali Fielder, Mike Kramer, and Belmont's and Roth, before and actually performed by Ashley Burst and and Dana and Dan Schneider. Mm. Um, the score is done by Michael Travera, who did Mucha Lucha, the Lilo and Stitch show, as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did also remember seeing um, uh, one of the songs that showed off was a country song, and it looked like Billy Ray Cyrus may have in fact been in that episode. Oh, I'd be very happy. If he I was. I hope it's Billy Ray. Cyrus. I if it's Bill, ha, okay, Billy Ray Cyrus or fucking um, Garth Brooks, one of the two. I I choose Billy Ray over Garth Brooks any day of the week. No, but I mean, if you if you made me do a country star thing where it's like you gotta pick a country star to be a guest star in this yeah i mean garth brooks is the obvious he was like the on top of the world for a while yeah for sure he was 90s taylor swift Mm -hmm. uh but i like billy ray cyrus more yeah my fourth choice my my (laughs) fifth choice would be kenny chesney (laughs) yeah that's why i said fifth yeah you know who i like to to see do something something like this just because it's so far out his usual tone. Yeah, what's that? Chris Stapleton. Oh yeah. That is a that that the that man's uh, songs are very sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing what he would be like. Yeah, something like. This. I'm also glad that the show. Um, plays with it even so even like early on so far it plays with its music. And isn't afraid to do really stupid songs. No, toes. I'm, I'm looking for some toes. There's a yeah, and that's a sound clip you can steal now and repurpose for all your nefarious purposes. There's a song about toes. It. I'm looking for some I'm toes. Looking, is the song title. I'm looking for some toes. Some some, <sighs> some piggly wiggly, one might say. Oh boy. No, I can't. I can't do my Miss Piggy impression and curse this podcast. No, don't. I will not. Uh, anyway, there's one line that I always pick out, and it it's in the background of the uh, the best friend song mm-hmm. from the first episode. Yeah. Uh, like poop on a shoe, I'm stuck to you. Yeah. <laughs> I think the. The I don't know what joke made me laugh the most. It was probably the the one with the the poisonous berries. And looking back on it now, yeah. it's this is one of those jokes where like the first time it's not funny, but then I think about it and it's really hilarious. Is Scratch just offhandedly going, "That girl is made of band aids." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really funny. I think my favorite. I'm, I'm, it's not so much a joke as it is a bit, but um, when uh, not yet, folks. Sorry, uh, 
when uh Scratch possessed uh Andrea. Andrea. Andrea? Andre what is there a vowel in umlaut? <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh but anyway, looking forward to more of this show. It's fun. Yes. Uh so I also like that they completely neutered her in the first episode. Oh yeah. Like she's no longer a threat. Exactly. I didn't need another school bully character. No. People were I saw on Instagram people were um speculating that it, it they they were typecasting her as another Amity. Or Pacifica. Yeah. Yeah. Uh no, no, I was specifically seeing it in like the, the shippy Amity sense. I, honestly, I'm I'm already on the, the Libby fucking uh Molly Molly yeah. train. They're very cute. Yeah, they have good like dynamics. Yeah, it's very adorable. But um anyway. Uh not much more to say other than go watch it if you haven't. It's a it's a fun show. Yeah. And uh All right, Amphibia. Yes, Amphibia. Season three, we're back in the 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 real the sa- world. Not I the real gonna, world. I, the human I world. I thought you were gonna say back in the saddle. Uh I'm back Back in the saddle again. Oh god, that's not even the right tune. Don't yeah, what do, what are we what are you doing? What is this bit? The Aerosmith song. Oh. Um back back in the song. Oh, oh yeah, you never that mind. wrong tune again. One more. Wanna give it a I, give it a th- I can't remember what the tune is. It's been so goddamn 20... long since I've listened to a single fucking Aerosmith song my so You don't want to give it a third? No, I really don't. <laughs> uh alright. I also can't hit the Steven Tyler. Well, no, notes, I don't so. think anybody can ex- No, no. Freddie Mercury could have if he was alive. There's a lot of people who can hit the the Tyler Yeah. The what is Whatever the I, fuck his name Taylor. is. Taylor. Steven Tyler. Anyway. Amphibia. Budget Mick Jagger. Yes. But uh there's not too much to say about this episode. It's just it's just nice to see Amphibia back, <laughs> truly. Yeah. Uh we, I mean it sets the uh, new status quo. Yeah. They're in the uh human world and Andreas is gonna be sending uh robots to fight them. Yes. I'm right and also, they've got to keep, you know, the planters being frogs a secret. Yeah. We're going to get a lot of um, planters interacting with human world shenanigans. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm glad we got we got the two frogs in a trench coat joke out of the way. Yeah. Like, it was right there. You couldn't not make the two frogs in a trench coat joke. Yeah. Like, man... Like, Polly, weren't you supposed to be on the top? What, and not use these beautiful legs? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I do love Anne's parents. They're great. Yes. Uh, Anne's mom is voiced by... Uh, I forgot his name again Matt, already. Matt God Braley. damn it. Matt Braley. For a while, I was real good at remembering his name, and now it's just... Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Braley. It, it's voiced by Matt Braley's mom. Yeah. Her mom. Or, His mom. Yeah. 
That's cool. Yeah, it is very cool. I I, I meant his mom voices her mom is what I meant yes. to say. Matt Braley's mother yeah. voices Ann Boon Choi's mother. Yes. There you go. Got there. Yeah. Um, I don't know about the dad. The dad is not his dad. Okay. Uh, I forgot what his name is. Hold on, I'm going to pull it okay. up. Uh, yeah. It's just cool seeing them in the human world and like, God, Anne, you get to wear two shoes now. <laughs> and, and you yeah. don't and you don't have um fucking leaves in your hair. Yeah. You get to put on a different shirt. Jesus. I remember when they made a joke about that in season two. Yeah, they did. How do you walk around with just the one shoe? And it's funny because we know she has more pairs of shoes. She just refuses to, like, wear them. Yep. It's, it's wild, man. Ah, I would rather go barefoot than wear one shoe. Personally. Yeah, same. It's like, uh, or at least don't wear the sock. Brian Saunalak. Hmm. It, it's a voice. It's a name that I think I butchered. Yeah, probably. I'm sorry. He, he might also uh, be Thai. So. He, oh, he is. Yeah, which I appreciate. Er, his mother is Thai. His uh, father is Lao. Ah, Laotian. Yeah. Very cool. Southeast Asian. Either way. Yeah. Very cool. It's always cool to see, especially like not just Asian representation, specifically Southeast Asian representation is very rare. Yeah, it it's under South Asian too. Yeah, yeah, South Asian. We see a lot of um. We've seen over the years, we've seen a lot more uh, Chinese and Japanese characters, but like not a lot of like at least good representative like Indian characters or uh, Thai or. Uh, Freaking Pakistani. Yeah, Pakistani Singapore Singaporean. I I do not know what's Sing- the, the I th- correct I think it's Singaporean. If you're from Singapore and listen to this podcast, please write I, in. And I tell literally us. the funny thing is I could literally go in, into a different chat right now. There's someone named Remy who I know is from Singapore. <laughs> and I could ask yeah, He could tell I, you that. He could tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway tibetan you don't see a lot of tibetan, oh, tibetan either yeah, or, well, or nepalese yeah. yeah tibet the country of tibet the country of tibet yeah the country of yeah. tibet i i took me a second to catch on but yeah the country of yeah, the tibet. country of tibet anyway <laughs> but um I'm really looking forward to seeing where we in the trailer we saw some like uh more human characters. I'm looking forward to seeing the cast grow with some like human characters as well. Yeah. It it would be yeah. Uh 
I don't know if you brought this up last episode or if it was just in us talking, but man, I'm really not looking forward to Marcy and Sasha's parents. Oh yeah, I mentioned that out off off podcast where I was like, man, who's gonna tell Marcy and Sasha's parents that they're like, you know, not here and Anne is. Yeah. And have to explain that to them. <sighs> yeah. Uh, and we did see Marcy. I mean, we saw her in the new opening that, like, she's alive, but, like, yeah, cool. she's in the tank. Yeah. She's in the, what were they called in fucking Dragon Ball? The healing yeah, the, pod. The healing pod. He's in yeah. the, the science juices. I was going to call it the uh, the back to tank. Yeah, back to tank. Yeah. I, I call them. Or if you want to go old school, the Colto tank. Colto tank. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I just call them science tubes. You yeah. know, you know the ones, the 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 tubes filled with the uh, indeterminate bluish green fluid. Yeah, kind of glow. The healing fluid. The healing fluid. The the healing juices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Anyway, um, this episode was mostly just hijinks, mostly. Uh, yeah. I mean, it it was yeah. I think it was important tone. Yeah, it's it's but... new status quo. You got to set the tone. Yeah, they couldn't. I mean, they very much could because a lot of shows would, but they couldn't just like go daughter's missing for five months to okay, see you later. Yeah, I I like the overprotective thing because it makes sense, and also like I liked that the mom and dad were shocked at how much Anne. Had uh, grown as a person. Grew. Yeah. Very good. Very cute. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to more Mr. and Mrs. Boon Choi. Yeah. I, I liked them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bit where Anne played the rock song over the speakers. Yeah. It's like, oh, I love this song. Yeah, this is a classic. When you think about mm-hmm. it... Uh, mm-hmm. Anne's a Zoomer. Oh my god, Gen Z. they're millennial. They're millennial parents. They're either millennial, like elder millennials, or Gen uh, or Gen Xers. Yeah, so they're right in the wheel. And that song sounded almost exactly like a uh, the Cult. If you if you know that, yeah, band. it sounded like some freaking uh, '90s grunge rock music. It had more of like an '80s post punk to me. You know, like. Um, what is grunge? It, it sounded like the cult. To what me. is grunge if not post punk eighty uh, 80s post punk? Truly, uh, it's more popish. No, <laughs> um, uh, no, it. Yeah, no, I can't really argue with that. I just know there is a distinction. There is a distinction. It's just sort of like music is the most subjective thing in the universe. Yeah, it, it has more to do with like the the content matter, really. And the the way the uh, performers performed. Yeah, it was a, it was some butt rock though for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, but in like a good way. Sounds like the cult. I like the cult. Firewoman, Sweet Soul Sister, American Horse. Oh yeah, the cult. Now I know you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, 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 right. For sure, for sure. Listen to Sweet Soul Sister and then listen to that bit again. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that 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 is mm-hmm. 
going for that vibe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, not to be confused with Soul Sister by Train. No. <laughs> oh man, but um, I do like this new Frobo with the the long arms and the the big claws. Yeah, the assassin model. <laughs> yes, yeah, I I always dig the the aesthetic of the the long arms with the the long claws aesthetic. Just in general. HK Fro B7. I, I thought of the High Gog from fucking War in the Pocket. It does look more like the High Gog. Yeah. If y'all have go look up H-Y-G-O-G-G, High Gog, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. This thing looks a lot like the High Gog. All those aquatic uh Gundam mobile suits from the old school. It's just stuff specifically are... the high gog because of the, the long yeah lanky but I, arms yeah no it's specifically a high gog but i was gonna say all the aquatic mobile suits are such good designs yeah for sure um what else mostly it was stuff from like the trailer and like things that will happen as opposed to things that will actually happen but i think we can just unpack those when they come up you okay know. then that's what we'll do all right we're gonna take a break then and when we get back, uh, we didn't discuss this beforehand. So what are we going to talk about next? Jujutsu Kaisen. Uh, you w- Jujutsu Kaisen? Okay, cool. So when we come back, we'll be talking about Jujutsu Kaisen. We'll see you then. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm Laser J, and I'm still joined, as always, by my good buddy and co-host, Kaiju Emperor. What's up, everybody? Uh, yep. Let's uh, Let's get into Jujutsu Kaisen. Do you want to do the, uh, the, the Oh, usual... yeah, sure. Uh, based on the manga by J.J. Akutami, who is also credited as the showrunner, according to IMDb. Cool. Uh, don't, don't know if that's necessarily accurate, but I mean, that, that's how it is. He's heavily involved in the anime, if nothing else. Yep. Yeah. Uh, ten episodes are directed by Songhoo Park. Uh, one by Hideaki Abe, one by Kakushi Ifuki, Ifuku, I'm sorry, one by Eri Nagata, one by Yosuke Takada, one by Ryohei Takeshita, one by Yui Umemoto. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I don't want to do the voice cast because it it's both, you got to do both the English and the Japanese well, we you watched... probably watched the sub and I watched the dub. Oh, you watched the dub. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know what? You can just mention anybody who stands out to you. And that we don't have to do the whole cast, truly. Uh... Is there anybody in the English cast that really like stood out to you? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find where she is on here. Uh, because they don't keep it consistent for some goddamn reason. Yeah... Um, let's see. But it it's uh Kugisaki. Oh, uh, her English voice actress. Yeah. Uh, Anne Yatko. Anne Yatko. Yeah, I've never heard of her. Uh, she did real good. Yeah, got I, that. Yeah. I was just gonna say she got the good mix of uh like 
threatening and fun loving teenage girl but also kind of like a would-be mean girl kind of yeah asami seto who's a japanese voice actress also really fucking kills it yeah um because she can really roll the r's when she goes could you know she can yeah really go full delinquent all oh. right she's um Rokume and Cosmo in Beastars, uh, and Yakko, uh, she's apparently in, uh, Star Citizen, which I still don't believe will come out. (laughs) Um, uh, she was in, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway as Quest Pariah. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's Sachi Kudo in So I'm a Spider, So What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, just go on, and I'll tell you if there's anything else that really sticks out. Um, the people who stay out to me in the Japanese cast are uh, Yuichi Nakamura is Gojo. Mm. Uh, Nak- Guichi is beyond prolific as a voice actor. He's been in so many fucking things um i think the one I'm trying to think of some something people would know him for most um he's just been so much uh he's he was in bleach he was oh who's greed in fma okay yeah that's probably one of the more iconic things that he's done but he's uh, been she uh mm-hmm. She was the operator in Knights of Sidonia. Huh? Oh, he's also Fellini in Build Fighters. Okay. Yeah, go the uh, Yuichi Nakamura as Gojo definitely stands out, and so does um, freaking uh, uh, Subaru Kimura as uh, Toto. Fucking mm. kills it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh my god. Definitely one of my favorite uh, voices. He's, uh, uh, Kimura has done a lot of Toku, mainly. Uh, Zuoger, Kyu Ranger, Kira Major. Uh, he's currently on the current Common Rider show. As, um, the concept with that is you make a deal with the devil to get a power, mm. and he plays the main, like, devil. That de- okay. the main character makes, like, a deal with. He's Faust in Guilty Gear Strive. Oh, cool. He's also he was also in fucking Build Fighters. Okay. Yeah. Who was he in that? Uh, Alan Adams, the guy who had the Tall Geese Valkyrie. Okay. Yeah, but uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's uh, in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series as Leon Wilson. Really? Leon Wilson, Child Two, and Vivian Wong. I mean, he does. I think he does also speak English. Seppuku Kimura. That's amazing. Wait, we're talking. Wait, we're not talking Kaiji Tang. No, I said Seppuku Kimura, out uh, uh, Toto's voice actor. Toto. Oh, I heard Gojo. No, no. Well, I we just talked about Gojo, which is do we. I talked about Nakamura, and you're talking about Kaiji Tang, the English voice actor of Gojo. 
Now, I'm talking about the Japanese voice actor for Toto. Okay, sorry. That'd be really funny, though, if that was actually true. Yeah. But anyway, those are, like, the two that really stand out to me. Also, um, fucking, uh, I just, I always forget his name, even though, like, uh, Suabe as uh, Sukuna. Mm. Uh, Junichi Suabe, fucking, um, Mr. Uh, Archer himself. <laughs> that's, that's the thing I always know him from, is fucking Archer. He's also in, um, Thunderbolt Fantasy as well. But he's one of, he, Archer is one of his most iconic roles, for sure. He was also in JoJo, I think. I forget who he was in JoJo. Wasn't JoJo? That is actually gonna bug the shit out of me. Oh, he was um Darby. Mm. Darby. In a uh, English version for Sakuna, mm-hmm. he's voiced by uh, Ray Chase. That sounds familiar. Uh, he's Noctis in Final Fantasy Fifteen. Ah. Uh, he's player in the second half of Near Replicant. Okay, yeah. Uh, he's the master in Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8. He's in Dragon Ball Super as Tien. He's Tien in that. Okay, I was going to say, uh, his version of Sakuna really sounds like Beerus in the English dub to me. Mm. He's also in Fate. He was uh, the English voice of, um, of Vlad. Oh, okay. Vlad He's Alfin in Tales of Arise. Okay. Yeah, he he gets around. Uh, he was he's Bruno in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Five. Oh. So there you go. Good for him. Yeah. Lots of overlap. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, those are like the people that really stand out to me in terms of voice performances in the Japanese cast. Uh, but um, in terms of like uh, the show itself, this is by uh, our good friends Mappa. Whoo! Do they go all out on this man? Oh boy, do they! This is probably it's their a... best work so far. <laughs> it's a feast for the eyes. Truly, that. Oh, I have heard that it was serious crunch though. Oh yeah, I'm I can't even imagine but i all the more credit to them truly yeah the the fight between toto yuji and hanami is mwah. yeah for Shack. me it's the um the cliffside one the 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 brothers oh yeah with uh, nobata and yuji yeah yeah that shit rules by the way god i love you know i'm just going to one thing I'll say about Jujutsu as a whole, um, it is a it is at its heart it is a shonen battle series. It has yeah. a lot of DNA from Yu Hakusho. So. Yeah, it it definitely takes a lot from Yu Hakusho. It takes a lot from Bleach too. It takes a lot from Bleach. It takes a lot from Yu Hakusho. It takes a lot from Hunter Hunter. Uh, in its power system, especially. 
mm. it, it it plays a lot with similar the similar ideas that Hunter Hunter has. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has like negative fan service. Yeah, everyone's pretty reasonably dressed. Yeah, they're all reasonably dressed. There's no like character who's the designated fan service character. Which you can tell who it would be, but but they're not. So they're it's not. great. Yeah, they're not. And it's like we have a cast of several really strong and well-written female characters. Yeah. Maki, Kukisaki, uh, Mai, and fucking like, uh, I just had her name, Utahime. Like, all of these female characters are great. I think Mai is definitely my favorite. Hmm. Kugisaki's mine, I, but... I love Kugisaki. I, I remember vividly when I watched this for the first time. I, I stopped uh, midway through and then came back to it when we did this. But, like, when Kugisaki first showed up, I remember feeling that sense of dread. Like, oh, here's the girl. And then she immediately established herself, herself as a fucking freak. Yeah. I really like the trio's dynamic where it's like they all really respect each other, but they'll never be friends. They'll never be a friend group. They're like comrades. Yeah. Comrades in arms, but they'll never like hang out on a Saturday. No. Some of them might, but like not the three of them is it you know, they'll hang out as like here's the thing. They would hang out in pairings. But never as a three of them as a group, you know. What? Yeah, I honestly I can see either of them answering if Yuji called, but I can't see Fushiguro or uh, no. Kugisaki answering the other. Exactly, Itadori is like the the glue. Yeah, they both love him, and they both think he's an idiot because he sacrificed himself for them. I really love the OT three. Of, of these these goofballs. It's very good. Yeah. My f- they'll never be, like, I'm sorry, they'll never be a polycule because I just don't think they like each other enough. No, it's it's not a it's not a completely circular polycule. Oh, I, I don't think any of them have any romantic... I, I can't see any romantic attraction between any of these characters. Mm. Like, maybe Fushiguro and, uh, and, and Yuji. Yeah. The, like the maybe, vibe, the vibe is there. Yeah, uh, but I'm personally on the Kugisaki Maki train. Oh yeah, that is powerful. That it it also feels fairly blatant because I never pick up on that shit. It is so blatant, holy shit! And it's very good, and I love it. I I'm I'm very much here for the Kugisaki Maki train. Yeah. Um uh but yeah. Like I I don't think Kugisaki like I I just can't see her ever wanting to be in any sort of relationship with either of those boys. Fair. Like I, both they, they'll both. fight alongside each other and she'll hang out with Yuji because they do have a nice dynamic, I do agree. But my god, I, 
there would be no peace in that household if they ever lived together. Oh, man, but that's what's so fun about it. But, you know, enough about shipping. Um, yeah. The, the In terms of just, like, the dynamics that... Just in general, the dynamic... I love the dynamic that the tree, our main trio, has. Yeah. It, it's so different from, like, when... Um, when you have this dynamic, it's a very common dynamic in Shonen. You have the two guys and the girl. Yeah. Naruto kind of like is the perfect mold for this, right? Yeah. It 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 solidified it. Yeah, it solidified that, and then like, and then you have your mentor figure who is Gojo, and God, Gojo is the worst. <laughs> I love Gojo. I I love Gojo. He, he is the worst, but I love him. But I also when when we were talking, going back to the trio thing, real quick. Yeah. Um, I just want to jump ahead. I just realized. Uh huh. Zenitsu is the Sakura. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Nezuko. It it it's Zenitsu. Yeah. 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 But um, freaking uh, the fun thing about their dynamic is that like how I put this Gojo is what happens when you give a 13 year old the power of God and he never grows up yeah like my favorite interaction he ever has is one of the skits at the end of one of the episodes with uh Nanamin the, the businessman mm-hmm. when he's like, hey, Nanami's got some really important to tell you. And just a montage of him like being like, hey, 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 listen. And he's holding up like a sign at the very end of the skit. It's like, here, the, here's the important thing. And he hands him a note and then I mean opens up the note and it just says penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has a really shitty drawing of a penis on it. The thing I do like about Gojo, though, is that he's usually right. Yeah, he is. He's just a shithead. Yeah, he, he's a troll, but he, he he's usually right, and he's usually a, a fairly sound moral compass compared to the other compared to the elders, at least. Oh yeah, the the, the conservatives. Yeah the the old the old guard who want to keep everything in like family trees and fucking uh, yeah eugenics and all this other bullshit the hyuga the, the hyuga literal the hyuga yes <laughs> fucking god the hyuga fuck the zenin clan yeah fuck the zenin clan says maki god i love my favorite fuck you moment with maki is just like my like i i you don't know about my super secret technique i can make a bullet of spirit energy Hold on, let me just catch it with my hand. <laughs> One second. Ow, that kind of hurt, actually. <laughs> and Mai is a really well-written character, too. Like, I, she's a bitch, but she's a really well-written character. Yeah. Like, there's not a... Like, all these, all these characters are great. Some of them are, like, less... Well, like, some of them are less complicated or less um layered than others but like they're all well-written characters 
I feel like Miwa could have her own series. Oh yeah, useless Miwa. <laughs> yeah. Uh useless Miwa uh, here. She she's the character that I feel like if this was a one with fan service, it'd be her because she's just kind of Yeah. But she she acts in as more of comic relief, which I like. Oh yeah. And then we have like the weird trio of panda Maki and um oh what's his name the fucking sushi uh I can never remember his name but uh, is it Nanami? No no Nanami is No the... no Nanami is the, the the business guy. I like Nanami uh, a lot too. Inumaki. Um Inumaki, right. Yeah. Uh yeah, Inumaki who has the the cursed speech ability and he can only speak yeah. in uh rice ball fillings. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, the more you watch the show, the more you start to understand his like. Okay, that means this the word. intonation. Yeah that, yeah, that means this word. That means that word. Yes, no, probably, etc. There's a panel from a recent Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh huh. Um, Doctor Doom's been traveling with them. Of course. Uh yeah. Uh, and it was like this is the last thing he did alongside them. And it, it was just a scene where uh, Groot's there and just, he goes, I am Groot. And he's like, amazing, I believe I'm starting to understand you. Here's what I need you to do. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You just start to understand. Yeah. You just start to get it. Yeah. Um, I think someone Inflection. made a... Inflection. So, yeah, someone made a post that was like all the, the words... Uh, that he uses that are like, okay, that means that, that means this, you know. Mm. It's a, oh yeah, it's um, sh- salmon or shake is literally just yes, an affirmation. Uh, fish flakes is no, kombu kelp is hello or a greeting, and everything else he says seems to be gibberish, un- and has, <laughs> is unknown what he's trying to say. It probably relies more on inflection at that point inflection and context Mm. um but um i would like to um mm -hmm. take a moment Mm -hmm. and we we talked about him when we were talking about voice actors but toto is my absolute favorite character in this oh yeah you yeah toto is a fucking freak you know what i say that everybody in the show is a fucking freak yeah, but he—he's a special kind of freak. He's—he's he's the, you know, he's not the nicest person. He's probably not a good person, even. Yeah. But he's strong. He's so straightforward that it doesn't like. He's not going to do anything insidious. Toto won't just gonna, lie. Yeah. You know what he's about. There's nothing. He likes girls with big boobs. No, no, he likes tall women with huge asses. Tall, right, right. Sorry, that was Yuji. Tall women with huge asses. They both like tall women with huge asses, specifically Jennifer Lawrence. No, Yuji is the one who likes Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, and he likes tall women with big asses. One of them likes boobs, and one of them likes. No, they both like tall women with big asses. They both stated that exact fact, which is why Toto said he was his brother. They both said tall woman with big asses. 
It was just that Yuji gave a different example. Toto yeah. likes that one idol, and Yuji yeah. likes Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, but you know, more power to him. And I can't believe that that joke about like remember when he introduced himself to the principal? It was like I really like I really like Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. Like, what does that have to do with anything? And then it like became relevant. <laughs> and I think there's a scene where you see Yuji's room, and he does he does have a Jennifer Lawrence poster on his wall. Really funny. Oh man. And. Yuji, this is we're gonna. I'm gonna say this again later, but Yuji is the, uh, what's the word? He's the good boy. Yeah, he's just a good boy. There's nothing complicated about Yuji. No, he's just a good boy. I think he's even more of a good. Like I want how I put it. He's even more straightforward and good boy than even Tanjiro is. And that's saying a lot. They're both on the. They're both good boys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just. Mm-hmm. Just don't. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Tanjiro will at least think about a situation before he does something. That's true. Yuji just does things. Yeah, that's true. Like, Tanjiro's smarter. Tanjiro is smarter. And he comes off even more intelligent when he's standing next to fucking Yunosuke, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that. Yeah, that that's not difficult at that point. It is not. But, um, Yuji's just a good boy. He, he is just a good boy. And again, we have the, um, classic, uh, deep, dark power inside me thing. The, the, the Naruto factor. Except um, Kurama wasn't the final villain. You know? No. Yeah. Which I like. It's a cool dynamic. Where it's like our protagonist and our final villain are the same person. Or they're inhabiting the same body. At the very least. Yeah. Which I think, because Karama was just super powerful, but he wasn't our like antagonist. No, Ryoma is Sukuna, wherever you want to call him. But um, yeah, um, I think my favorite of all the teachers that was or staff that's not like a, you know, a student is like Nanami, the the businessman. Yeah, Nanami is. He's very frank, and I appreciate that. Yeah. And Nanami um, really uh, pushes on a, a theme that I really like a lot in Jujutsu, mm-hmm. which is I Nanami especially. The show and the, the, the manga by, you know, by it also, it never forgets that a lot of shonen, these shonen series tend to forget this one fact, and that that is these are children. Yeah, they are children, and it's really fucked up that they have to do this. Yeah, Nanami. I really liked 
Nami's whole like I'm an adult and it's my job to protect you. Exactly. I'm an adult and it's my yeah, it's my job to like make sure that you can be innocent just a little while longer. Yeah. And not have to kill people. Yeah. And damn if that isn't fucking real good. And I I really like that arc a lot. The with the fucking what's his name mahito yeah i that that one does the most development for yuji i believe it does uh if we didn't have that arc i'd I'd call yuji underdeveloped really but that arc does a lot for him and ooh, it's 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 tough i cried yeah, it it sucks, man. I can't. I remembered when that that episode came out, or like the that art finished, and everybody was just like immediately writing the AUs. Yeah, you know, just like it, it right? You know, the the that the AU where he uh, I forget his name, but, um, the kid, uh, who has the the jellyfish. Turf. I can't remember. Um. God. Uchichi? Uchichi? No. Maybe? Maybe. No, 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 no. Uchichi's the uh, assistant guy. Right. I like him too. Yeah, he's but... really funny. Yeah. Uh... Noritoshi? What was it? I can, no, I can it's not it him. Uh, Junpei. Oh, yeah, Junpei. Junpei Yoshino. Yeah, everybody's writing the use of Junpei lives and joins the academy. That's, yeah, that would have been nice. It would have been, but, you know, that's just the tragedy of that story. Yeah. I really loved that scene um, uh, after Nobata and Yuji fought the, the cursed wound paintings and they realized that they were human bodies being possessed. Mm. And Nobara said that thing about, like, I can't, like, I know that all this stuff is really fucked up, and I'm just gonna try and live my life with only, I only, this whole thing is like a train ride, and I only have room for people in a few seats up in the front, mm. and I can't keep putting people in those seats, and then there's you, you keep, keep bringing a seat in, even though I've, I've stopped inviting you. <laughs> This is just a really cute and Frank's yeah yeah that picture yeah yeah but um there's a lot of scenes like that in this just you know it has a lot of good quotable lines mm-hmm. uh I, I think it has like some of the best writing in shonen yeah it Oh, it, it's, I think it's strongest, it, it's two strongest aspects are its power system and it's, um, it, it's interpersonal character writing. 
Yeah. It's real good because you can't really evolve this into just power scaling. You can't. The powers are all interesting, which is... That is one of the most important things you have to do if you're a Shonen series, is you have to have interest you have a have to have a power system that can have a bunch of different possibilities yeah but have rules so that it's not just you can do whatever you want you know yeah like uh i was gonna mention it it takes a lot of notes from i said hunter hunter's power system uh mainly the um self-inflicted uh restrictions uh which in make which make the ability stronger, mm. which is a thing in in Hunter Hunter. Mm. Uh, for like, if you put if you if you create a technique and put a self imposed restriction on that technique, the technique will inherently be stronger. Uh, for example, uh, there's a technique in um, Hunter Hunter where. It was it's called judgment chain, mm-hmm. and it is used by a character named Kurapika. And Kurapika is uh, one of our main characters. And yeah, uh, I, I I've read enough. Yeah, to know. Yeah, yeah. he's up. He's trying to find the the this group of mercenaries who are incredibly powerful and who would not stand a chance against, except for except he has judgment. Hmm. Judgment Chain is an ability that allows him to seal the abilities of others and uh, basically make them unable to use like the the Nen, which is the aura or energy system. Yeah. But the limitation is is that if he ev- if he ever uses the technique against anybody that's not a member of that group, he will die. Hmm. It will kill him. And that's why it's so powerful. It's because he set that limitation on himself. I see. And Jujutsu does this too. Well, with like uh, Nanami's overtime ability. Yes. And his like um, ability to I can I can cut anything, but I have to cut it in a, in a very specific way. And Toto's um, need to clap his hand to activate Boogie Woogie. Yeah. The, the the feedback on the uh, spirit words exactly and uh, the yeah. whole thing of like showing one's hand it's literally turning the shonen anime thing of explaining my power into like like an actual part of the system which I really like yeah me like the reason I'm explaining my power is because if I explain my power it's better which is yeah. it's so good I love that. Meanwhile, Yuji just punches real good. Yuji just punches really good. Yeah. He's he's got... Even without the Jujutsu Kaisen stuff, he'd still be like a Luke Cage-level character. Yeah, that was... What was the thing? Yeah, Megumi said, like, if the entirety of... If we all came at Yuji at once without curse techniques, he would literally beat every single one of us. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close, no. Like, Yuji is superhuman. Even without curses, cursed energy. Yeah, it's it's wild. I love it. Like, he's so superhumanly strong that it is, like, the whole bit with the Divergent Fist was that, like, his cursed energy lagged behind him. 
Yeah. Which is amazing. I love that. And then it was like, what if I did the curse energy but that exact moment when I hit uh, Black Flash? Yeah. Black Flash is cool. Black Flash is real cool. I don't know what my... I also really like... I like that Nanami holds the record. Oh, three in a row? Four. I thought it was four in a row. It was three or four. I can't remember. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then you see Yuji hit the record. Yeah. He doesn't break the record, but he hits the record. Yeah, wild. Um, I don't... What is my favorite ability? Hmm... Gojo's Infinity is fucking really cool. Yeah. Like, the concept of, like, it looks like there's not that much distance between us, but there's actually an infinity between us. Yeah. That, ooh, that, yeah. that That's a little too high concept for me. I just like a punch boy real good. Gojo's ability is a stand power, truly. Yeah, it is. It's, I, it's the, I remembered, um, I think in the manga they explain it, they, they give another, the, the narrator comes in and adds something to the infinity thing where it's like, what is, now, what is the distance between zero and one? It may seem like one number, but you're forgetting about zero, 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 point one, zero, 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 zero point. It's the. In, it is the infinite amount of numbers between zero and one. Yeah. Oh, man. And it's like, I can literally use infinity. I am an... Un- it's so... It's so crazy. It's so damn broken. It is, and that's the whole point. I think the whole point of Gojo is like, it's like the the one of the goals of our villain group is to like neutralize him because they know he's so powerful. Yeah. Like also mm-hmm. like he also can kind of act as a Deus Ex Machina yeah. for if things get too bad. Exactly. You know? Uh which it can be a good and a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. It depends how we they use exactly. it. Exactly. Um I have I don't want to say this. In high school, you ever remember in high school? I mean, I still do this occasionally, but like those conversations we would have, where you're like, "What if X character fought X character?" The death battle conversations. Yeah. yeah. It was like whenever we would talk about it, it's like we can't talk about Dragon Ball characters. That's not fair. Dra- the Dragon Ball character will always win. <laughs> and then, and then, but as I watched more anime manga, there have been a few characters that I'm like. No, they might win. Gojo is one of them. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Gojo, Superman, yeah, Goku. They exist on Roger Rabbit logic. They're as mm-hmm. just as strong as the as the situation requires. Yeah. Um. The other characters that I can think of are like. So beyond is like um Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um uh two characters from JoJo specifically. Okay. Um Giorno with Gold Experience Requiem and uh Yeah. 
uh, Johnny from Part 7 with Tussack 4. I, I can't comment on Johnny, but... Yeah, um... Don't, don't tell me. Yeah, okay. I, I, All right. I do... It, I like JoJo enough to not want spoilers. Got it. I will not tell you what Johnny's ability is. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I also really like... Uh, outside of Infinity, I really like Megumi's uh, Shadow Shikigami. Mm. I like summoner types. I, I like his summons, so yeah, that, that they're cool. Yeah, he also said that there are ten of them. Uh, we've only seen four or five. Uh, see, we've seen Nue, the wolves, which I don't know if that counts as two. I think it... They fused into one, yeah, so... Uh, the snake, which is dead now, but he said that others can take on their abilities, which I'm looking forward to seeing if they can take uh, what the snake is with that. Um, if I had to guess, the frog would probably take it. The, yeah, we've seen the frogs, so it's like the wolves, the snake, Nue, the frogs, uh, the elephant. The elephant and the bird. Nue is the bird. Nue is the bird, sorry. And uh, the um, yet unused, super powerful one that he would only release as a last resort. Mm. So that's six that we know of. We don't know the other four. Yeah. And uh, that the tenth one being the thing that uh, um, Sukuna is very interested in. I really like the concept of like instead of Yuji, like most of the time with like villain, our main villain, the main character makes a uh, a rival with the main villain. Yeah. But our character who would be our rival to the main character, but isn't a rival because Yuji, that's not this type of show, is yeah. rival to the villain who is inhabiting the same body as our main character. Yeah. If you fused their personalities, you'd have a more typical shonen protagonist. You would, yeah. Um, so I like that they're not. Exactly. Yeah. It, that co- It's like this weird, like, we're doing the rival thing, but in this, like, weird deconstructed kind of, like, reach around way, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> reach around. <laughs> also, the reason, by the way, the reason we're talking about this for October is, of course, because uh, this is a horror manga slash anime. Yeah, it, for sure. I, 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 yeah. Uh, I'd argue for thriller more than horror, but yeah, yeah. It, it definitely fits into the spooky feeling because ooh, there's there's some spooky shit. There's some fucked up shit in this. A lot of body horror. Yeah. Oh, lots of body horror. Lots of body horror. Lots of really fucked up. Like fucking Mahito is just body horror incarnate, and all the shit he does to all those humans. Yeah. Ugh. The worst. Yeah. He's a uh, what's he's fucking Elder Toguro. He is. He the, yeah. He has the same ability. Yeah. But what if Elder Toguro could do it on other people? <laughs> Which is fucked up. Real fucked up. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the, the whole thing is like, it's curses and evil spirits and spooky stuff. Yeah. You know? So, it's, there's less focus on the horror element, but it, it has horror in it. 
Yeah, it it horror would be a subgenre. Yeah, more than or thriller would be a subgenre. It, it, I I'd say it's an action thriller more than a action horror, but yeah, it's an action thriller shown in battle series with horror elements. Yeah, like at its at its core, this is a shown in battle series. Yeah, absolutely. Which you know. Nothing wrong with a good Shonen Battle series. No, I love a good show, especially a good one. Yeah, and those are um, getting few and far between the longer we go on. It, it's because Isekai is taking over. Yeah, Isekai is taking over. Or uh, other Shonen series that are trying to do something different. Yeah. Um. Uh, like, um, freaking what's it called? Uh, Kaiju number eight is an action is a shown in battle series, but not in the traditional sense. It's not at all in the traditional sense. It's more focused on the main guy than the supporting cast. Yeah, and it is action, but it doesn't do like a, doesn't have the power same power system. No, it it it's kind of nebulous, like in a One Punch Man sort of way. Yeah, but um, you know, and okay, yeah. So, was there anything else? I don't got anything else to say. Mm. Uh, oh, I know what I was going to say. This is specifically the anime. Okay. The music fucking bops. Yes. Oh, the second ending is heartbreaking. Yeah, it is. Ah, uh, I love the first ending. It's so fucking good. It's yeah. very Persona. Yeah. It. Yeah. But that, that that song's a damn bop. Such a bop, man. The music is so good. Uh, the last thing I was going to say is my favorite um, Omake at the end of these. Mm, yeah. Um, It made me cry is where they're all sitting around the hot pot and Maki's like, did you make these? Like, you made these, Mushigoro? And it was like, Yuji taught me how to make them. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> Uh, and then you see him show telling Gojo how to make them because they're also having hot it's pot. So pure, yeah. Uh, I almost called hot pot hot pocket. Hot pocket. Now I want meatball hot pocket. The meatball mozzarella ones are pretty damn good. I really like the Philly cheese stick one. I've never had the Philly cheese stick. I've really only gotten the meatball mozzarella and the uh, pepperoni. Not pepperoni, five cheese. Ah, I thought we were going to say ham and cheese. No. Um, the only other... Th- uh, Jewish, no ham. Right. Not kosher. And no pep... I mean, technically, I shouldn't have meatball marinara either, but I have a weakness for meatball subs. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I was going to say was um, probably the thing... That this show uh, doesn't do comedy a lot, mostly just to break up the action but like it is funny the 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 one that made me crack up the most and this wasn't meant to be a joke i know is watching gojo show up uh with itadori's doing his training watching movies and listening to the japanese dub of lord of the rings (laughs) there's just something about that that really cracked me up (laughs) samu frodo <laughs> just something about that. I don't know. It just really got that's me. That's very good. It really got yeah. me. Yeah. But uh, that's real good. Yeah. But um, I don't know. 
I know the next thing that's coming out is going to be uh, the movie that's uh, Chapter Zero. Yeah. The prequel. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yes. I don't know if there's any news on a season two, though. And season two is the Shibuya and the Shibuya stuff, I'm sure. Yeah. Shibuya is where I, I dropped off. Yeah, so. I know some of the stuff that happens in Shibuya, but I haven't read it. Oh, boy. All right, but that that's it for jujitsu for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and upon our return, we're gonna twist it back in time and take a look at Demon Slayer. Welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. I'm still Laser J, and he's still still. Pick your pronouns. Uh, she is still Kaiju Emperor. All right, she I'm, is still Kaiju Emperor. I'm, I am. For those that don't know, I am gender fluid. All right. Call me whatever. All righty. Uh, I'll call you late for dinner. No. Uh, Damn. <laughs> Curses. Uh, I'll get you next time, laser. That that that's fair game, yeah. Yeah, that's, no, that's good. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't crossing a boundary. No, no, no. Um, no that was funny. Okay. Uh. Uh, I'm Laser J. That's Kaiju Emperor. Yo. It 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 it's Acme Podcasts, and we're talking about Demon Slayer. Main focus is going to be Mugen Train. I want us to both summarize our thoughts on the first season in like just one or two sentences. You yeah. go first. Uh, well, I want to say for those who don't know, uh, we did originally talk about the season one, but it was a lost to time. Yeah, which we have mentioned. I touched on this in the in, in at the head of the episode, but yeah, yeah, uh, that was the one we originally talked about was Inuyasha, and we retreaded Inuyasha, and now we're kind of retreading Demon Slayer. Um, Demon Slayer season one. Uh, so beautiful, gave me depression, made me cry. Ten out of ten. <laughs> All right. No, but seriously, uh. Uh, Demon Slayer is gorgeous, and there's nothing. It doesn't break the mold, but it is so good at what it does. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What? What's your the single greatest shonen manga of all time? Wow. Uh, that that's my official take. I will not budge on this. I think it hits the formula perfectly and it does it in such a wonderful way it's not trying to bend the formula it's not trying to break the formula it's not trying to comment on the formula it's just the formula at a master level i mean full bottle alchemist would like to have a word but <laughs> this is also the point where i remind you i've never actually made it all the way through full metal alchemist that is fair um it's that's that's why it's like oh man because the only competitor I can think of is FMA, because FMA is the pinnacle, I feel, of Shonen. Yeah. As much as I love One Piece, I cannot in good conscience call it the greatest Shonen series. No. Uh, part of what I think makes Demon Slayer in particular so good, and this is more a, a general Demon Slayer thought, not a season one thought. Yeah. But um, its conciseness plays to its strengths. Mm-hmm. 
it's um it's only 100 chapters or like 110 chapters or something like that. It, it, it's very concise. It, it does everything it needs to do in a small package. And I think that's beautiful. It tells the story it needs to tell and then it ends. Yes. Which is a, a problem that a lot of shonen manga in general run into is like they go on forever. Yeah. And then they end up getting watered down and just end up being terrible you know because they go on for so long naruto and bleach are perfect examples of this yeah and like even if it doesn't turn bad like one piece i know one piece has stayed quality it has one piece is is Um, the exception that proves the rule but if not for this podcast i would never start watching one piece like in a million years it's too fucking much it's too long but Demon Slayer will be a nice, concise package to absorb. Yeah. And I like that. Yeah, it's hard to uh, recommend One Piece to someone new because of how long it is. Yeah. It's it's worth it is worth the time, but man, it's it's a lot to ask someone to dedicate that time. Yeah. Uh it's a lot. Same with Ipo. Uh at least the manga. Not not so much the anime. Oh yeah, you know, I would totally recommend just like the first season of Epo. Yeah. I mean, I I'm insane. I read through the entirety of Epo in a month when it was like 900 chapters. Yeah. But um I would also recommend people read it, but I realize most people are going to go at a much slower pace with it, so don't. <laughs> the wildest thing about Demon Slayer is um and this is partially due to a lot. This is due to a lot of factors. This is due to the anime. This is due to um, uh, the shift in um, demographics and blah 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 blah. So and so, so on and so forth. But for the first time in fifteen years, a manga, a shonen manga, outsold One Piece, and that was Demon yeah. Slayer. Like I, damn. I do not think it could be understated how monolithic of an of an accomplishment that is that something outsold One Piece in terms of yearly sales. And at the time that it did, it ended. Holy shit. Is that impressive? Nothing has outsold One Piece for, again, like 15, maybe 20 years. Nothing. Not even yeah. Naruto at its height outsold One Piece. No. That will tell you everything you need to know. It like it can't all just be due to like I mean the anime is a big factor, but like it can't just be that to outsell fucking One Piece. Okay, let me put this in for those of you. It's like yeah, it's impressive. I don't think you realize how impressive. Not even just that the last 15, 20 years nothing has outsold One Piece. If One Piece keeps going, and it will, it will outsell in terms of like, like it will have sold more copies in its history than Batman and Superman. In their entire... In their entire like existence. 80-year run? In their, yes, all of it, since they were created. 
since Action Comics number one and Detective Detective Comics, Comics number one. Yeah. Yes. One Piece is the third biggest selling comic of all time behind Superman and Batman. Yeah. And that's so that's why it's so impressive. <laughs> suck at Marvel. Yeah, suck at Marvel. <laughs> No, they're probably, what, like top five? Uh, Spider-Man is like number five, yeah. Yeah. X-Men in there at all? Uh, You know what? Let me look. Uh, Greatest selling comic. Because Marvel was surviving off of the combination of Spider-Man and X-Men in the 90s, so. Yeah, um, Superman, Batman, One Piece, uh, Spider-Man, X-Men. Wow. Yeah, damn. Yep. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, wait, hold on. Uh, that was just. Okay, so it is actually, uh, Superman, Batman, One Piece, uh, Peanuts. Oh, Peanuts, yeah. Uh, Asterix. Oh yeah. Golgol thirteen. Yeah. Then Spider-Man and X-Men. Wow. Then you start to get into, like, uh, Dragon Ball and Naruto. I never realized Gogol 13 was that big. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Ball, Naruto, Case Closed, uh, Tintin, Blackjack, Slam Dunk. And then we get all the way down to, like, uh, Demon Slayer, like, number 10. Hot damn. It's... It is... Unbelievable. Demon Slayer has sold more copies in its short in its one hundred chapter run than Bleach sold in its entire existence. Whoo, boy howdy! Bleach ran from two thousand one to twenty sixteen, and Demon Slayer ran from twenty sixteen to twenty twenty. And it sold 30 million more copies than Bleach did. Oh, quality, man. That is so fucking depressing. Yeah. Impressive. I always forget about Peanuts and Asterix, though. Oh, yeah. Peanuts, Asterix, and fucking Tintin are like... Yeah. You know. They're a worldwide phenomenon. Yeah, yeah. Particularly Snoopy. Uh, I mean, Peanuts. Peanuts... I know at one point Peanuts was huge in Japan, like as like mascots. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you just go by manga, it's One Piece, Golgo, Dragon Ball, yeah. Naruto. You know. All right. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, just quick brief recap. Uh, Tanjiro Kamado is a very good boy. His family's killed by demons, except for his sister Nezuko, who, who is turned into a demon. Nezuko. Yeah, Nezuko, who uh, is now a demon. Yeah, uh, but she's got it under control, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> which kind of, kind of, yeah. Um, Hold on, I'm sorry. Sure. I'm sorry to keep going on this. One Demon Slayer has sold more copy total than JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in its entire existence. Ah, <laughs> suck it. That is wild. Anyway, I can't keep talking about this. Holy shit, this yeah. is amazing. Uh, but anyway. Anyway, so Tanjiro's a good boy. Nezuko's a good girl. Uh, she she's she, she 
she's a demon, but she's got that shit, you know. She's getting that shit under control. Um, Tandro uh, becomes a demon slayer to kill Kibutsu Jimuzan, the man who is the source of all demons. Yep. The one who turned uh, Nezuko into a demon and killed his family. Yep. Uh, and he has to, you know, learn to wield a sword and learn to control his breath because that's the power system here. It's just controlling your breathing yeah. to effectively use the sword, which is... it. They dramatize it really beautifully. Mm-hmm. But I really love it because it's like sort of like a downplayed sort of thing. It's not like spiritual energy. It's just being able to catch your breath. It, it's not just it's it's like it becomes more than that because once you control the breath, you control the flow of oxygen through oxygen through the blood. And yeah, you're literally you... like once you control the breathing, then you start to learn more about the you're like unearthly aware of every sensation in your body yeah and then it's like once you become uh that aware of every sensation in your body you have such fine control over it that it's like you are at peak performance for a normal human yeah but even within that it it's still like very low-key compared to you know jujutsu kaizen or naruto or DBZ or yeah. One Piece or anything. Yeah, except for the part where they start like summoning water dragons out of their swords. Those are all metaphors, though. No, that actually happens because we see, like, with fucking um, uh, Rengoku, we literally see Tanjiro's hair blown back by the fire explosion. Yes, but no one is burnt. The, the fire isn't real. It, it's the force of the swing. Yeah. It's, un- it's unclear. Because, like, the dragon is clearly happening, and it's, like, clearly hitting things, but it's, like, it's not actually water. It's, it's, it is, it is simultaneously a physical thing, but also metaphorical. It, okay. It's unclear. It's not unclear, because it, it's the Ice Shield 21 style. Like, the, the green energy that Ice Shield emits when doing the Devil Bat stuff. Mm. Uh, isn't real. It's a metaphor. It, it's like a visual signifier of a technique being used. Otherwise, it's just a sword swing. Mm. It it's poetic license mm. in a visual manner. Mm. I don't know. It sometimes feels. Most of the time, it feels that way. But there's other times where it doesn't. Like the tiger that Rengoku summons blocking the air blasts. You know, it's or literally dodging them. It's like it, it starts It's supposed to be interpreted as him moving the like doing lightsaber blocks. Yeah, That's it, how it's meant to be interpreted. I mean, I'm not saying you could I'm not saying you couldn't see it though, but I'm like I'm saying that like sometimes it really skirts the line between, like, is that real or is it not? But that's it. Doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It just yeah. look, it looks it, cool. Yeah, that's all. That, that that's that's what matters. Yeah, it looks <laughs> it cool. It looks cool as hell. That is all that yeah. truly matters. Is it looks cool. 
oh, and it's beautiful in the animation. It's beautiful in the manga, but when it's in full color and in motion and it, it's flowing, oh, it's beautiful. UFO table really fucking kills it, man. Yeah. Like, the I cannot stress enough, even, like, if you're into Fate at all, the the both Unlimited Blade Works and the especially the Heaven Steel movies are so fucking pretty. If you if you like UFO Dable's work, it is worth maybe not watching the movie, but like checking out clips from the Heaven Steel movies to see some more of this glorious animation that they do. Yeah. It it's amazing. I'm glad that we have more studios that are doing this level of work. For a long time, it was literally just Trigger and, like, Madhouse that were doing yeah. this kind of stuff. Yeah. But now we have uh, David Pro, um, Mappa, and, and UFO Double. Yeah. It, it's great. Uh, going back to the, the surrounding cast, yes. to fill it out, you, you've got uh, Akatsuma Zenitsu, who's The Sakura, as you said. Yeah, he is the Sakura. Um, yeah, he is the Sakura. You see, he's I also mean, our comic relief character. He's comic relief. He's the Sakura. I don't think he's a perv, personally. I just think he's extremely bad with women. He's not a Mineto. That, that, that's a, my one point. He's not. And the point that really hammered that home was his dream in Mugen Train is like, I'm going to go on a picnic. Yeah. I'm not it's like not like a weird pervy thing about Nezuko. It's like, oh, I'll carry you on my back and hold your hand. And it's like, okay, this is too pure. Yeah. He's he, he's Yeah. Yeah. I, I I feel like the author really wanted to dial back because I feel like a lot of people got that because he does you know, in season one he does do some stuff. He he doesn't really do anything bad, but he the training thing where he's supposed to like, uh huh, tag them uh, or whatever against the girl, the girl, yeah, the girls, yeah. And it's like the one time he's ever shown extremely good ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Other than when he's unconscious, then he's a sword master all of a sudden. It's he's just touch starved. Yeah, that's that's it. He's just touch starved. He just needs a hug. He just needs a hug. Preferably from Nezuko. Yeah, definitely from Nezuko. Uh, man, th- there's something I want to spoil because it's not super plot important, but uh huh, it's like epilogue shit. Go on, it's fine. Canonically, he marries Nezuko. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it does a uh, a Harry Potter style epilogue where you see like the future. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, it it rather than it being you know like uh, Zenit uh, them all grown up, it it's their reincarnations. It's modern times. What? <laughs> I'm not going to get into it more because it it then it is plot spoilers. Okay. But um, right. It it just shows the future okay. and okay. There's a lot of sad endings for characters. Okay. And the epilogue is them getting happy endings right. in a, in the next life. All right. Yeah. It. 
I'm trying to be as vague and cryptic as I can. Well, you're doing a good job. Okay. Okay. Because I, uh, I cannot parse any of that. Anyway. If you want to know what I'm talking about, just read the manga. Uh, I mean, just, I, it, or I'll just wait for the, the anime, whatever. I'll, I can wait. Yeah, that could be... A, I'm, I'm talking more to the audience now. Oh, fair. Uh, if, if you just want to know what the fuck I'm talking about, just catch up with the manga. That that that's it. But mm-hmm. waiting for the anime, I do not blame you because ooh, it's a spectacle, it's a sight to behold. The the fight scenes are. Yeah, um, I am curious why they decided to package this arc as a movie in the first place. I mean, it's a concise arc. It is a concise. I don't arc. feel like they left anything out. Yeah, it's a concise arc. It's just like, it is just a weird thing to like suddenly make one of the arcs a movie you know i feel like this could be on um uh gotoge the the mangaka Mm -hmm. uh because usually anime movies are not plot relevant they're alternate realities usually you know yeah yeah maybe she just didn't want to make an alternate reality storyline maybe she just wanted to move the plot along this is true. Um, this because yeah, yeah. Most of the most movies, shown in movies, are literally just they're not canon. Yeah, they're they're pocket dimensions where anything can happen. Um, yeah, which which works in something really long like Dragon Ball or One Piece or Naruto. Yeah, no, One Piece really lends itself well to movies because it's a lot of like, uh spots in the story where like it's like they spent x amount of time traveling and who knows what they got up to between then yeah you know and uh demon slayer's real tight yeah so there's not much room for that Mm -hmm. even when there's like time has passed you still see that time pass in like a montage yeah um and there's not enough time for another adventure because the timeline of the there's no time skip. Yeah. Uh, I I feel like that's a spoiler. I feel safe saying because it it's not plot relevant really. But th- there's no time skip. Maybe like two weeks, I think at most. I mean, the only time but, skip we'd really get is at the beginning with Tanjiro's training. Yes, that is true. Uh, where he's at the start of the series after his family is killed, he's thirteen, but. By the time he goes on his first mission, he's fifteen. Yeah, it's it, he takes two years to even get the basics of um, the fighting the demon corpse fighting style. Yeah, which makes sense. He's someone who's never picked up a sword in his life. Yeah, and as uh as of the end of the series, he's seventeen. So the series yeah. itself takes place over the course of two years. Yeah, so like four years total. Yeah. Uh, so that that that's Zenitsu, and then you've got Hashibira Inosuke, my my my, my special Porky boy. This my machine kills fascists. This machine kills indiscriminately. <laughs> yeah, this machine <laughs> kills indiscriminately. Uh, he, he just he he just wants to be the alpha. That's it. Yeah. 
just wants to be the alpha. He just wants to establish dominance. Yeah. He, he He's the dog humping your knee to establish its dominance. And he has fantasies about Tanjiro and, you know, and freaking Zenitsu being his, like, weird minions. Yeah. The English sub says underlings, but yeah. Yeah, minions, underlings, same... Same thing, same but shit. it... Yeah, same shit. Uh, minions is, like... Mm. Banana. <sighs> <laughs> I feel like they specifically avoided that word because of that. <laughs> I hate every time. Uh, anyway, Banana. please. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got the Hashira, who are like the captains. They're they're the big the cool captain. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think at the point we're at, the only ones that are really important are uh, Giyu Tomioka. Uh, Shinobu Kocho and Rengoku Kyojuro. Ah, uh, Rengoku. We'll get to Rengoku. Uh, Giyotomioka is the demon slayer who finds Tanjiro after his family yeah. is killed and brings him to the man who trains him. The current water pillar. Yes. And then uh, Shinobu Kocho is the butterfly pillar? Poison? I mean, that's her skill, but I feel isn't her like the way the but like butterfly breathing or something like that specifically. Um, hold on, or insect breathing or something. I like think that? it is. I think it is breathing. I think it is insect breathing. Insect breathing. Okay, hold on. Let's look. Hashira. Uh. Love, serpent, wind, stone, insect breathing, yes. Insect breathing? Okay. Yeah, insect. Uh, she, she's the medical specialist, and Tanjiro and company spend a lot of time injured, so they spend a lot of time yeah. at her place. Uh, yeah, we haven't seen... Training. A, yeah, we haven't seen a lot of the loves, serpent, wind, stone, sound, and mist, Hashira, yet. Yeah. Um, That's later. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have something I want to say about that, but I, I really... It, Don't. It, it's my one nitpick. It's just my one nitpick with the series. Mm. But um, I just don't think the stone Hashira... The stone Hashira is like the only one who doesn't get enough development, in my opinion. Well, not all of them are going to get it, so... No, it... Towards the end, it, it's... They really pick up the pace, and they just don't have time. And the story, like recognizes that and makes comment on it almost mm -hmm. um but yeah it's interesting um yeah uh then rengoku kyojuro is the big man of the hashira i mean he's not the head of the core but he's like the head hashira he's the he's the flame pillar so he's the guy yeah like the guy yeah who put these onions here? <laughs> I mean, I know who put them here, but how dare they put these onions here? Yeah, Rengoku. Man, I was crying. I, 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 I already knew what was coming, and I was crying. I didn't God get damn it. it. Like, I knew that 
people really liked Rengoku, but they didn't understand why. Yeah. I mean, like, I assumed it was like, oh, he's just a really lovable idiot. Which is all, which is true. I don't think he's an idiot at all. I think he's incredibly lovable, but he's, like, not an idiot at all. I, I don't think calling him an idiot is fair. He's straightforward, but I think he's too... Uh, same thing with Toto. He's very straightforward, but he's not an idiot. Mm-hmm. Fair. I'm in the sense... Because they're both able to think, like, strategically. An idiot just goes forward. No, no. I mean that they have himbo energy. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Big time. Yeah. They have himbo energy, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a himbo can be well, super smart. Toto's not kind, though. But he respects women. He respects women, but he's not kind. I think kindness is a key component to himboism. True. Rengoku, though. Rengoku. Rengoku, himbo. Himbo. Big himbo. King himbo. King himbo energy. King himbo fuck mountain. Yeah. Uh, This arc really was just the Rengoku arc. It was... Yeah. It was to not only showcase Rengoku as a character, but also to, like, to really hammer home how completely outmatched our main characters are. Yeah. It was like the whole arc is this unbel like they they had to struggle against the um lo- that other the spider lower moon. And it was like, yeah, we yeah. can do this and we had to fight another lower moon and the, that lower moon was I'm almost dead. Y'all like all those people at the car the train crashed, but we did it. And then one of the upper moons shows up, and it... Okay, we're all dead. Everyone's dead. Yeah. We're gonna die. Every, shit, everything's a fuck. Shit. That's my favorite demon, by the way. Oh, uh, the third third moon? Upper moon? Yeah. Just straight... It, he's just a straight punch boy. He's just a martial artist. Yeah. Like, that. that's all I want. I just want a guy who punched real good. Mm-hmm. Whether they're a good guy or a bad guy. Mm-hmm. No complexity. Just punch real good. Yeah. Um, oh, what was the... Um, I think out of all the ones I've seen, I don't know who... I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see the others before I make that judgment. The other uh, moons. Yeah. Oh, no, no. no. Oh, there's... Oh, there's some good moons. Yeah. I have seen the upper rank one, and he's pretty fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, Koku, the, oh, Koku man. Kibo. Yeah. The, the, oh, man. The, the, oh, the, there's so many good enemies. I don't think there's a single bad enemy. Just straight out. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all high quality, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Um, except the house. I didn't like the house. That was fun. I liked that. Ab- I liked his ability. Yeah, you also like complex things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm just highlighting the difference. I, I like of why I don't like it. I like uh, creative and uh, interesting abilities. What, like? Yeah. It's. It didn't mean it as a, like a judgment. I just meant it as like. Mm-hmm. This is the difference. Like different things. Yeah. Like. How you like to play a barbarian? Even when I'm playing any other class, yes, I'm still playing a barbarian. You just want to be—you just want to run up 
and hit the guy with an axe. Yeah. What I really want is like DPS Paladin. Well, then play. Yeah, you can also just be that. You can also just play a Paladin. Yeah. Just. Yeah. What are spells? My spell slots aren't used for casting spells. They're my bullets for my gun. <laughs> I'm a healer, but yeah. Cox gun. <laughs> uh, I took an oath to never. I took an oath to save lives. Fuck. Just, yeah, just... The day I kill. <laughs> fucking, it's that, that uh, gift from fucking uh, Hot Fuzz. Just like, when the paladin's fucking persuasion fails. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> loading the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyway... Uh, it was yeah. The this is a set kind of related to, to Demon Slayer as a whole, but um, it is really cool that the uh, it's time period because this is a time period that doesn't get a, a lot of love and period pieces in Japanese media. Yeah, um, we always get some Goku era, and like sometimes Meiji era, but we never get like post Meiji era, but yeah. but before full modernization, it's like. This weird yeah. in between, and we get like, so that was why it was cool to have an arc on a train. Um, I I I hope they do more stuff with that, and even if it's just background stuff, I it it it's not really important to the plot, truly. But like, I don't know, it it just adds a flavor to the story that makes it unique. You know? Yeah. Like the idea that the characters have to hide the fact that they're carrying swords around. Yeah, that that is a night. Nice, yeah, but um, Taisho, Taisho, Taisho period. Yes, man. You know what Rengoku is? What Rengoku is the character who got the opposite lesson that a lot of other characters of his type would get. He he got the opposite lesson that Neji did. Yeah. Like, I'm a genius, therefore I'm better than you. Like, no. I'm a genius, and I am really strong, but I'm not better than you. Can I be reductive and put this in Naruto terms? I just put it in Naruto terms. Mm, I can make it even simpler. Yeah. Guy raises Neji. Yes. Like from birth. Yes. Yeah. Your God-given gifts are used to defend the weak. Yeah. Just. <sighs> good shit. Yep. It's just good. Like, there's no... It was also very powerful to see. I am sad that Zenith. I'm sad that Zen, Zenitsu and fucking Nyosuke's dreams weren't as insightful as Tanjiro's. But hey, what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh... they were. They were there to break up the fact that Tanjiro's dream and Rengoku's dream were so sad. Yeah, to add a little brevity, lightness. Yeah, which you know. We needed. That's kind of their purpose. Yeah, that's kind of their purpose, <laughs> and also, 
I really liked when Nezuko tried to wake up Tanjiro and gave him a headbutt and was just like, yeah, just started bleeding. <laughs> she headbutt him that hard. Oh, it's just because Tanjiro has a hard head. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about Tanjiro is just like, there's no explanation for it. It's just Tanjiro has a really hard head. It, it, it's his, uh, it's his superpower. It's his superpower. Like, and a really sensitive nose. That that's his other yeah, one. The, yeah, I uh, all of them are different senses. Yeah, uh, in case is touch, he's smell, and then he too is um hearing. Yeah, we haven't met the uh, the taste one yet. I know, I know, I know about him. I don't remember. Uh, the guy who has the the gun. Who can uh, do the thing with the, the the demons? Yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, him. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's only who's an anime only watcher. But uh, he comes later. We do have we do get a guy whose thing is taste. Right, we we've seen him. Yeah, but we hasn't been revealed that that's his deal. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it hasn't been revealed that that's his gimmick. He has a really good story too. Yeah, I'm, I'm I sure. I really like him. I'm sure. Um, uh, his design yeah. reminds me of um, Gajil from Fairy Tale. I def yeah, I definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Did Did you hear that he's got a kid now? Gajil. Yeah, him and uh, the 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 right the writing girl with the blue hair, Levy. Like, yeah, that that that's been the, yeah, the ship they've been pushing. They've got, they've got a kid. They've got a kid now. Oh, was there like a big time skip? No, she's just pregnant. Oh. I don't know if she's had the baby yet, but last I heard she was pregnant with this kid. Okay. Good for them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I like Gajil. Yeah, I like Gajil too. He was one of, I, I like, the only the only reason I kept reading Fairytale as long as I did because I liked him and Urza. Yeah. Um, I've I like Silva. Yeah, Not Silva. Silva's Rune Master. Um, Musica. Musica. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. You mean Gray? Gray. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, Musica is Rune Master. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've heard, I've heard Demon Slayer described as the prettiest boilerplate you'll ever see. Oh yeah. Uh, I. It it's straight. F- like Tanjiro, it's straightforward. It is. It is very <laughs> straightforward. There's no surprises in Demon Slayer. It is. I would call it the Dragon Quest of Shonen manga series. But I really, in the sense, it's the Dragon Quest Eleven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, in terms of like, it's the best of its. Like it is bog standard. You're not gonna get anything new. But God, is it well presented and and just so good at what it does. Yeah. But I I think yeah 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 that is what I, when I say that I'm I I say this most Dragon Quests are like that most. okay I I didn't know some just, are better than others okay. but like that's a sort of its its deal okay so the Dragon Quest is it will never not be this really classic RPG but mm. it tries to present itself in a really good well it just presents it well in a very charming way some are better than others but just as sort of a whole, as a blanket statement about Dragon Quest. Yeah. 
Okay, got it. Uh, Eleven and eight and a couple others like stand above the pack for sure. But yeah, it is. It's the nicest boilerplate you're ever gonna see. It's it's a real nice yeah. boilerplate, and it's gonna make you cry looking at it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I I still say it. Well, I don't need to say you you know my take. Best. We'll see if I still feel that way after Full Metal Alchemist, but yeah, yeah. I have a feeling I will just because I like the setting of this more. Yeah, I also feel like there might be a sense of like Full Metal Alchemist has been so hyped up. Uh, no, no. Uh, well, yes, but also like I. Full Metal Alchemist for a long time was synonymous with cringy weebs. Hmm. Not Naruto? This was when Naruto was still popular. Okay. And like before we had gotten into the... uh, When we were still hyped about Naruto. Okay. Alright. It, it, I think it's something specific to me. Yeah, it sounds like it. I never. That's never been a thing. Yeah. Uh, just I. You know what? I would expand it to my friend group in high school. It was literally go to anime club, and like talk about FMA while wearing Naruto shirts. Mm. There was no like separation of the two. It, it's literally just 2000s anime fucking weeb culture. It was Naruto yeah. and... No, 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 no. I, I... Yeah, no, no, no. I, I just... But... It, it's much more specific. Like, we had that too. Like, everyone was super into FMA in high school. Not everyone, but everyone in the nerdy friend group I had. Except me was super into it, um, and I wanted to get super into it. I just never did. Um, but there, there was just this one dude in my high school who I only ever saw him in the ninth grade. But he would just be sitting there drawing alchemy circles on the pavement and trying to do alchemy. Okay, just like how people would do hand signs from Naruto. Like, same shit. We never had that. We never had that in my school. This sounds like a very unique experience to you. Yeah, and I know. I'm fully admitting that. I'm just explaining it. Okay. Uh, he would also just stand there screaming, trying to power up like Goku, because he was convinced he was Goku. I mean, I can't judge... I Naruto ran to classes. We did not have room for that in my high school. I Naruto ran to classes in my trip pants and Kingdom Hearts shirt. That was me in middle school. I I, I can't judge because I also wore trip pants, but I wore a Naruto vest. I had a Itachi headband. I had a village hit in the sand headband on my backpack. 
Uh, we are the same. We are the same. <laughs> anyway, Demon Demon Slayer good. Yeah, Demon Slayer real good. Uh, uh, all right. But um. All right. Yeah, we're gonna. So that's it for this segment. We're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna close this bitch out. We'll see you then. And welcome back to Acme Podcast Incorporated. We're going to close this now. I'm still Laser J. And I'm still Kaiju Emperor. Yep. And, uh... That's... So that's it. Yep, that's the show. Uh... Yep. If you enjoyed it, uh, wherever you're listening to this, please, write and review us. Yeah, give, them the, give us some five stars on iTunes and write reviews and share with a friend. Talk about it on Twitter if you'd like. If you... If you Please, whatever. Spread the word. We'll take whatever. Send a telegram. Uh, Carrier pigeons. Yeah. Uh, send us a, a Morse code message. Skywrite. Um. With an airplane. Do you know the sending spell? Um. Do that. It only requires a, a, a little metal wires, material components, and a level one spell slot. Anyway. Please? Please. But yeah. So yeah, uh, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do that by emailing us at acmepodcastinc at gmail.com. That's... We'll answer your questions on the... Air, Kai, let's get that back one more time. That's Acme Podcasts Inc. at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, you can also find us on Twitter at, at Inc. Podcast. That's at I N C P O D C A S T S. And you can also find us on Tumblr. Kai, why don't you tell us about that? Uh, you can find us on Tumblr at acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. That's acmepodcasts.tumblr.com. Yep. Uh, and I checked the email. There's nothing. No. Twitter. No asks. Nothing. No asks. No asks. All right. So that's how you can get in contact with the show. And that's also where we would have answered those questions. Uh, but if you want to get in contact with us specifically, uh, Kai, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Kaiju underscore Emperor. That's K-A-I-J-U underscore E-M-P-E-R-O-R. You can also find me on Tumblr at kaiju-emperor, so the exact same way. Those are retweets, reblogs of things I like, usually art and um, animation, et cetera, et cetera. And, but if you want to think original for me, I've got a side blog on Tumblr called Kai's Tome, K-A-I-S-T-O-M-E. And that's where I usually post my um, D&D homebrew stuff and reblog other people's D&D homebrew stuff. I am actually currently... Working on a bunch of stuff for my uh, one of my original settings, uh, which is Oto, which is a uh, uh, Japan-inspired fantasy setting. So look forward to that. All right. Laser, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at at @turbohoncho. That's at t u r b o h o n c h o. Uh, that's it. It's all the only place you can find me. Uh, if you search real hard, you can find me on Instagram, but I'll never tell. 
but we'll be back in two weeks to talk about Extreme Ghostbusters and the first season of Danny Phantom. Uh, continuing on with our spooky month, our Halloween spook spook spectacular. Spooktober is here, everybody. Yep. And uh, yeah, until then, don't be a jackass. See you later. Bye.